0: i Spaces welcome to the ether today is tuesday october eleventh two thousand twenty two today on the ether achepe space Luna Terra v2 project updates with the gang let's take a
1: listen hey boys and girls p b are you busy have not caught up with you in a while I don't know if you're at work or whatever hey anybody feel free to hop up hey uh iftakar how are you are you there Jay what's going on what's going on man? What are you up to? You
2: guys, you guys supporting Lunsi or it's just a Luna?
1: Uh, who's you guys?
2: <laughs> we are Terra Rebels.
1: What's up, Lunsi? Terra yeah. Rebels. Um. Well, I'm not a specific member of Terra Rebels. Uh, did you think I was? It looks like, but now you are. You are on the other <laughs> side. No, there's uh uh some of us have uh you know, we've bought Luna, Luna Classic, both just depends. Uh Terror Rebels is just a, a team that's uh working with us to sort of rebuild um some of the um infrastructure of the original uh, Luna Classic blockchain, mm-hmm. which uh, has various technical issues right now. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct.
2: So, so those those need to still teams. be repaired.
1: See you around both teams. <laughs> What's that? See you around both teams. Well, I've been I've been around a long time, so I was uh, I have lots of Luna. So obviously, I care whether or not uh, Terra V two does well. <laughs> Uh, so then, uh, yeah. Anybody that had the original Luna in order to have any advantage on Luna classic, you'd actually have to buy, um, all new Luna classic, right? Correct. Cause like if I had, let's say a hundred thousand Luna from previously, um, you know, that's not worth very much right now. Right. So any kind of gain, one word hope to achieve on Luna classic, you would have to have you'd have to buy into that completely fresh. It's basically a new investment for people. So, um, yeah. So what are you, what are you doing? You're, you're buying lots of Luna classic. What's your story?
2: Yeah. I'm just buying lots of do see, because I see like a lot of now Binance, uh, already supported us for 1.2% burn. So let's see like where it takes us and I'm buying every, every week, maybe a little
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Good luck. Certainly.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks.
1: Sure thing. Um. Hey, uh D-Pag, What's going on? Subsif. So, so. Yeah. What are you guys up to? Yeah, I didn't really get a chance to hop on space with you till now,
3: but I'm glad I'm here. And I was just wondering, like, if it's anybody building
1: something on Lank like, till we get to Teravito. Yeah. Uh. Well, of course, Terra V2 is functioning fine right now. Uh, the blockchain's fully updated uh, from inception. It has kind of the latest Cosm, Wasm upgrades and everything, uh, which Luna Classic does not actually. Um, so in that sense, it has um, everything needed to function. Um, some of the common questions people are asking are things like, uh, why would... Like what's going to differentiate um, Terra V2 from any other blockchain, like let's say um, a Juno or maybe like an app-specific chain, uh, like Kajira Kujira or other layer one uh, chains, like for example, I don't know, like an Elrond or or a, or a, you know a Near protocol or something like that, right? So the main thing right now for terra v2 is um there are something like 30 to 40 projects um either functioning or reemerging on um the platform there are some groups that have like nft projects and uh some marketplaces that have decided not to redeploy some of which have gone to polygon uh some projects have gone to stargaze some projects have gone to um, Juno, for example. Now, uh, at the same time, like not everything on Terra was necessarily, um, uh, like either profitable or necessarily, you know, functioning great or had great tokenomics. So the fact that some projects got wrecked, you know, I suppose some were destined to get wrecked anyway. So it's kind of like, uh, it, you know, they got, it got hastened in a sense, but, um so some projects that were sort of like you know euthanized essentially that we're doing kind of questionable. Uh, in either case, um, have had a chance to sort of reconsider and rebuild and try different ideas. Um, but uh, basically, the number of users that have TerraStation wallets uh, is high. You have a lot of new people um, that are using the wallet that are Luna Classic users, which are brand new folks, um, and there'll be it'll be actually quite feasible to deploy some projects, uh, on both, um, Luna classic and Luna and Juno, um, potentially. So the, um, ability to deploy cross chain among multiple cosmos things is going to become, I think, uh, easier and more common with some of the new developments happening in cosmos. So, um, Yeah. Like it's, it's actually kind of funny because a lot of people that come on to, um, Cosmos, uh, you know, some, the new, the new meme coin folks who are just trying to get rich quick, uh, generally tend to be very tribal. Um, they'll get upset with you if you post something about some other coin decides, you know, whichever coin you're talking about, like if you're a Luna fan and you talk about Adam, you know, they get upset because you're not pumping their bags or whatever. (laughs) And, uh, the little classic people are the same way they get all like they turn to little cry babies the moment you, you post something about um anything else which is actually kind of funny because like most of the alpha um you're going to get in the crypto space is usually by people who um have been around a while <laughs> to kind of keep track of these things and uh also um the 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 success of in cosmos especially the success of Um, all the chains are sort of tied together to some extent because like the more popular uh, each of them gets, the more likely that uh, liquidity will flow to all the other chains in the cosmos. So anyway, there is that. But um, uh, yeah, so there's a bunch of protocols kind of opening back up. Um, There are uh, some hints that uh, Terraform Labs um, and Doquan's team there are going to be releasing some things. He kind of posted um, a couple of interesting points. One is um, Doe and uh, myself and um, Asparagoid are going to have a, some sort of funny session together at some point. I think we're going to time it to, I think Bruce wants to time it to when um, uh, like some of the Terra V2 stuff is going to open up and time it to when a lot of the apps on Terra are going to open up. So that, um, you know, to gin up some excitement or whatever, that should be pretty fun. Um, we're going to mess with dough quite a bit there. It'll be interesting. Um, and then, um, also, uh, there's some TFL project, um, things that are happening in the background, uh, kind of hush hush that no one's clarified, um, exactly what those are, but, um, I think there'll be some information about that hopefully in the next month or so. Although I don't have any exact dates. So definitely stuff coming. Um, uh, whether that's going to be, you know, big enough to matter in terms of, um, you know, it's going to like be big enough to matter to beat other layer one blockchains or app specific chains or whatever. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see.
3: Yeah, so... You mentioned actually Cosmos and everything that happened, like and like, was there a utility of Luna and how do you diver- differentiate it? No, but uh, actually, uh, in, in terms of awareness, I really think that what happened to Luna actually did bring a lot of awareness to to the whole Cosmos ecosystem, and uh, actually converted people from EVM and Ethereum to the whole Cosmos ecosystem. And um, you no know, besides the whole USD. Thingy, there was this whole nice developers and uh, great minds and also a great UI and UX there was on Terra. So that's what actually comes to Terra 2.0 as well. Because, you know, like the people that really believe in the mission and also uh, in the whole branding of Terra and uh, Luna, you know, that's that's that plays a big part of it. Uh, they actually stayed and they see the real value of it. No, it's, it actually all comes down to, to community and to the combination, which is like decentralized money and decentralized finance.
1: Yeah, sure. And like, uh, if, if, um, you know, Astroport survives and it's successful, then it's going to benefit, uh, both Luna classic and Luna, uh, communities. If, uh, um, TerraSwap does well. It's going to affect both communities, right? So um, since it's the same development teams, essentially on both uh, like everyone should hope for actually success of both um, because it means that the, in the background, the developers are uh, hopefully able to recuperate, uh, make some money eventually on transaction fees or whatever. And um, you know, if, if those, those folks are going broke, obviously they're not, you know they're not going to continue to support and like build on the the chain and such, right? So uh, yeah, it's it's really important for the developers to be doing well uh, by whatever definition. Um, I think if Dakar here had was trying to say something, I, I had you on earlier, but you didn't speak. So are you? Is your mic working or whatever? Are you there? He he's connecting on my side. So okay, May yeah, I, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I just, I just wanna, I just
3: wanna point out that uh, if, if everyone here is like looking at gains and everything, you know, like if you, if you're just looking at Lank and Luna, like they're basically when they're pumping, they they're pumping simultaneously. So when Lank it's doing well, also Luna is doing well, and vice versa. So I really, I really suggest and recommend you to also if you're deep in Lank, to actually explore also what's happening on Luna, because uh, they're somehow connected, you know.
1: Yeah, there's some financial correlation there. Um, the 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 new consumer, the new buyer of the coins, has no idea which is which. Um, some of them are available on certain platforms, and some aren't. So when excitement starts to happen, there's this tendency for people to buy. Uh, just whichever one they can find. They don't know the difference between Luna Classic and Luna. Uh, so that that happens from time to time, uh, and that may be part of the correlation. Some of the correlation also may be that when um, Luna holders, when the price of Luna goes up, many people have their coins vesting, and when they're vesting, uh, they, you know, they can take those tokens and spend them on something when the price goes up, and they might use that. To buy Luna Classic or vice versa, so yeah, there's definitely an increase in market correlation between when one pumps and the other one for whatever reasons. So
3: um, usually, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick question: Like, I always thought about that, but what's what's your opinion on a bridge between Terra Classic and Terra right now?
1: Uh, I think they'll come. Um, uh, Well, first off, you won't need to bridge really. Um, What needs to happen is is that uh, Terra Classic needs to re-enable IBC via um, Osmosis, or well, just in general, needs to re-enable IBC. Um, That's something that's being worked on right now. I think uh, Tobias and um, uh, some of the Cosmos and Osmosis people, like uh, Jacob and like Notional DAO and some other people are trying to help to make this happen. Um, where if we can get IBC reconnected, um, it should be much easier to, um, yeah, transfer money between Luna and Luna Classic if people want to do that. But also, it makes for the possibility of interesting um, trading primitives and like platforms to trade between these these assets, which um, can help with just uh, you know just cross chain sort of just economic activity or whatever. Uh, right now, it's uh, quite the pain in the ass to go from uh, to and from um, Luna Classic. It's pain in the ass to go to and from Luna. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a mess <laughs> like right now. Um, so these two chains, um, because like. Well, what happened was the history of this the last couple of years is that um uh instead of deploying um and subscribing to Osmosis, um TFL really wanted to differentiate themselves by having their own wallet. Um if you guys have used this Terra Station wallet, you know what I'm talking about. And uh providing users with a decent user experience on that wallet. Now, I think everyone that uses TerraStation generally tends to like it. Uh, they added some NFT capabilities. You can see your NFTs on these platforms as well. Um, and it's pretty decent. It actually had quite a few metrics before. They actually trimmed it now now, but it used to be able to see a lot of different things regarding um, like metrics like wallet growth. It used to have metrics such as um, like UST and Luna volume and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, they trimmed it down quite a bit, and hopefully they come back with some of those features. But anyway, the, what I was trying to say is like with the with the Terra Station wallet, what happened was um, there was this kind of disconnect of Terra from the rest of the Cosmos um, because and TFL didn't pay Osmosis for um, integration of Terra onto Osmosis. They didn't want uh, to increase wallet fragmentation they sort of kept uh, Terra disconnected from the cosmos to some extent. Um, one of the bigger uh, liquidity pools that was very popular on osmosis was the UST Osmo pool, which, of course, with the UST DPEG got wrecked, but um, was actually one of the most popular pools on um, osmosis and was beginning to represent a lot of um, sort of cross-chain liquidity movement before the crash. Um, you know it was like really the hope that UST would be kind of the stable coin of the cosmos if that was a feasible idea now we're stuck with uh you know USDC um and Circle Corporation as the primary contenders for bringing in um a stable coin into um the cosmos in general uh if you have used um uh, terra lately you'll no- notice that Axelar USDC is available. Um, I know it is via um report, et cetera. So you you have that. But um, at the time, there was this. Uh, there was not a very strong push in Cosmos to bring in USDC and USDT uh, native because um, sort of UST was supposed to be that thing, which everyone was kind of hoping for. Which obviously uh, is now no longer the case. But that was kind of the the big push at the time. So now there is some effort being made to hook up USDC to a consumer chain on the Cosmos hub, which is going to make it a lot easier ultimately um, to bring in liquidity. So uh, you might expect to see USDC uh, that's Cosmos native or IBC native that you could buy like on Coinbase or some of your other exchanges. Um, But that's why it's really important for like Luna Classic, for example, to reconnect IBC, Because right now it's, for Luna Classic holders, it's really difficult for American users um, uh, to actually buy Luna Classic or Luna for that matter at this point. So without um, reestablishing quick on-ramps Um, you're not going to see the kind of user growth that I think uh, you're going to want. So there's, there's that going on. So we'll see. Um, So it's going to be important for uh, direct circle IBC native um, uh, USDC to show up so that we don't suffer from like bridge risks uh, and problems like that, which, um, you know, bridges, generally speaking, are, are, have been hacked to, to shit in the last two years
3: yeah so i expect lots of stable wars coming up soon with all this um, all this crazy stuff that happened with usd but uh, as i can see there's a lot of potential growth for both Lank and luna because basically when you re-enable abc on Lank there's going to be so much cross-chain opportunities and also for Luna. So as I'm aware right now, uh, there's no, there's not any CW20 um, Terra native on Osmosis. Because for example, we're preparing to launch our, our own coin, which is called uh, Dust. It comes from the Deepak USD. Um, actually has a utility that we're playing games with, you know. And uh, I'm just going to show you later, Ryan. So uh, what we do is actually we're doing games, Web3 integrated games. So for example, right now we already have rock paper scissors on our Discord, and you um, can play with our token dust. And uh, the idea is that it's incredibly scalable because the games can be played on any Discord server. So right now uh, there are not so many projects on Terra, but a lot of them are actually coming, are coming out. And, uh, the, the concept is that the moment IBC, uh, uh and actually, uh, Terra native tokens will be available on Osmosis and you'll be able to create liquidity pools, then you're going to be able to, we are going to be able to put the, this dust token everywhere around cosmos. So any NFT project and any discourse server with a pretty big community, even if there are nfc project or a uh, protocol they'll be able to actually play the, the our games uh, right there so uh, we're really looking forward to that no and I see that the whole Terra will has a lot of potential of growth if it's gonna be like if they're gonna be integrated and see as well in cosmos mm-hmm. and also there's this thing that right now on osmosis uh, you can actually join with kepler but you can't join with terra station if I'm Not mistake. So once they get that done, uh, there's another, you know,
1: opportunity for everyone. So that's bigger volume. So that's bigger pumps, basically. Yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, there's like what other NFT projects do you know about that are either new or um, opening up? You kind of keep an eye on those.
3: Well, right now there's like the Terra community is pretty tight. And uh, there's like GP, SP, Roni is on Terra and uh, us, which we are like the first uh, Terra 2.0 collection. And um, right now I'm actually, there's a lot of people coming, going to Juno. So I know uh, Rektulf is actually, they're going cross-chain and they're actually um, launching their new collection on Juno. And there are a lot of collections that are on Juno. And I see that right now founders are, Looking to are really liking Juno, you no? Know? Also, Secret Network, like, there's a bunch, there's a like, Cosmos is incredible, you know? Um, every chain has its own unique thing, and you know they're they're somehow they all uh, bring together the best to Cosmos,
1: yeah. I don't think there's anything, um, uh, uh, wrong with Juno either. I, I, uh I I kind of bought a pilot on that support uh, one of the validators and stuff on there as well. Um I think uh at the same time it's like uh y- you have like just different community of folks and um, it brings uh, a bit of variety to the to the cosmos uh and you know Terra V2 actually is technically more is it, pretty well distributed now as far as like token holders and such um tfl um did not take a cut of the new luna token um i'm sure doe and others who had any kind of large wallets would have gotten um a chunk of the new luna token but like tfl used to have about 50 percent of the um supply and that's no longer the case now so it is considered a more of a community project but um, the way that Doe has been speaking or sort of hinting, um, they haven't sort of abandoned um, the the chain as far as like background development. Um, I have no idea like what kinds of, you know, issues he's facing or <laughs> where he is or, or w- like um, h- how the, the team is communicating and building. With all the changes that happened and I don't know what kind of like legal ramifications he's got and all that shit. So we'll see how much they're able to produce.
3: Yeah, it's probably
1: Um,
3: it's probably uh, just a tough time, you know, for him. But um, also, I see like there's a lot of people looking to actually they're they're hating. But I'm just trying to speak up a little and say that, you know, um, what happened happened and. Um, basically we learned so much from this experience, you know, and, um, from this point, we just got to move forward and see what's the best for us. And basically, yeah, also uh, about what's being built. I saw, or I I, I had a dream about this GPS web three integrated game or whatever. I'm not sure if it's gonna, it's gonna be true, but I would love to see like a dApp with
1: GPS integrated, you know, that would be crazy. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's like a Pokemon Go type of thing, right? Yeah, sure thing. So, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. I think it's like uh, proof of location, um, you know, has some some merit in terms of uh, monetizability. Um, I think an example of that is Pokemon Go. You could, uh, you could do some cool shit like scavenger hunts, for example. Like, let's say, um, I don't know, you're in a town, like a physical town, and you tell users that, okay, if you go and you solve these puzzles around this town, you know, you, you have to go to certain businesses. A radio station sometimes do this in the United States, like where they'll have a small town and you're supposed to like, and they'll get a bunch of um, advertisers will be different businesses within that town. And you, you go and you do a scavenger hunt where you're supposed to find certain objects or certain certain hints in each of those locations. And then there's like a cash prize at the end, like, You know, okay, if you you get to the end of this and you submit a ticket, you you have the chance of winning $10,000 or something like that. So, these kinds of things um, where you have like proof of location, um, especially if it's some technology using kind of um, location-sensitive APIs on uh, like Apple and Google phones and shit like that, where it's not spoofable, right? Um, You can't fake it, then that could represent some really cool... um, like marketing opportunities, and those kinds of um ideas can bring new people into the the wallet you're you're promoting so like if you build something on Terra, for example, and someone has to use a Terra station wallet to play this game, that might be an example of um how something like that can be created. Um, I think Pokemon Go type of video game of some kind um you know makes sense as well.
3: Yeah, sure. I I was thinking more about something, Airbnb type of thing, but uh, I'm just trying to see how we can integrate uh, real estate and all that into into GPS and like the whole proof of
1: proof of location thing.
3: But um, yeah, just
1: thinking. About I don't know. That. I think I think, uh, um, yeah, it, th- those kinds of um. I, and I don't know what TFL is doing exactly. I don't know to what depth, um, what, what are they producing exactly? Are they producing some sort of like infrastructure that allows people to build on it? Are they producing an actual like DAP that does something specific? I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out. I, I guess, uh, And I don't know how long that they were working on this before the crash. Is this something that was already in the works or is this something brand new uh, afterwards? I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, well, it actually see. it actually suits the the name as well if you think about it. Terra and Luna, like it kind of suits this whole DPS uh idea and ideology, you know. But maybe it's just, I'm just tripping right now. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're just we're just making up stuff. We're not sure what's coming. Hey, JG, what's hey up, Hey guys. Man?
4: Um, so I just heard you guys talking about that, and I don't have uh confirmed confirmed, but I have rumors, and um, supposedly in November, what they're really coming out with is like one-stop shop DeFi under one roof like a DeFi hub like everything that we haven't been hearing about is all going under one hood that's what i've heard is going to be happening like uh what was it spectrum or spectre like a bunch of these things that we have heard nothing about they're all going to be on it's going to be like amazon DeFi. this is what i understand this is what i heard the play is going to be they also have about 20 other projects alty projects that are coming out we know that improv is an NFP project that's coming out with storytelling and it's like really dynamic so there's definitely a lot of things that are happening that we are unaware of and they won't happen until november that's that's what i understand
1: yeah i figured it'd be the next couple of months because i think they're just kind of building anticipation or whatever so i think uh yeah i think as things start opening up and um uh like projects are fully running. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of spaces and all sorts of shit going on at that time. And then also just the general buzz, usually when things are happening and lots of projects are launching and they're talking about things or talking about their stuff, people are doing YouTube videos and all this other shit. That's when you typically see like the price of the coin tend to rise as well. Um, because some people buy the coin to buy some things, NFTs, maybe play a little bit, but they'll oftentimes buy extra to just buy and hold as well. So there's just tendency for, Everything to go up all at once, which is um, which is something to look forward to. What What are you guys doing? Um, so, like with skeleton punks and uh, NFT switch and everything, like uh, Luna Classic and Luna. Like, what are you doing on these chains exactly? Okay, so for us, you know,
4: man, this is kind of hard. So for us, Luna Classic to me is a dead chain. It's a it's a it's a meme coin. I really don't have any interest in it. You know, I'm happy for people who want to build there because I support everybody building in crypto. But I do not believe that no matter how much tax or burning is implemented, that that will ever go back to a billion ever. And um, so for us, we are totally uh, dedicated to Luna, the the new version. And um, let's see for us. Oh, next Saturday, we do have uh, big news that we are going to share. Um, it would be nice if you could be there, Sephi, because this news is trying to uh, reignite the DeFi and uh, I believe the news that we're gonna roll out will spark that and we are gonna start to talk about strategies again and that's your, that is really your forte. So pretty soon we would like to include you in these talks so you could start to come up with these strategies and then we can start to lay them out to the public because that's really, I miss that. I miss those talks, I miss the games, I miss, I miss that magic because really, if you think about it, Terra is one big NFT community. Like that is our value proposition. We were the tightest L1 there was, right? Like we were an L1 that had the tightness of like a 10,000 collection community. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's unheard of. So that needs to be made again. That magic can be made again, but the only way it's gonna happen is if we all come together and start to share ideas. That's the only thing. We can't be separate groups building uh, thinking that people are going to steal ideas. We have to come in. We have to trust each other. We have to like say, hey, what are you doing? Hey, how can I help you? Hey, I have a piece over here. Hey, let me give you this over here. And like literally what we're going to announce on the 15th, we didn't get money from TFL. Everything that Skeleton Punks are about to put out is nothing but Web3 friendships that we made in Luna, promises of a better tomorrow and handshakes. That's it. Nothing is nothing else was given to us. So. When you see what we announced on the on the fifteenth, well, we are going to end up putting a pretty big proposal into Terra after that because certain people got a lot of money and didn't really do anything with it, and that really, really, really chaps our ass over here at Skeleton Punks.
1: Yeah, the the community fund is still pretty sizable, so there will be kind of a grants thing for that and everything. So I think that's definitely something to, worth doing. Um, because you, you guys have been like wrecked more than once. You guys have been wrecked like because of, um, issues within your own uh, community. And then you got wrecked with the like UST situation. I I think it's pretty impressive that you guys are what you are at this point. Honestly, like, I think most people would have, uh, said, fuck this and given up, but you guys have pushed the, uh, like you guys keep pushing along and, um, you have enough people in your community that, uh, you know, that, uh, are are interested in like keeping the ball moving forward or whatever you want to call it. Um, pretty impressive i would say good job i would
4: say that the skeleton punks have uh, you know their their image i think has really lassoed in like the truest of the lunatics like i'm not gonna lie our discords are kind of crazy right and some of the things that the people say in there are definitely uh not the mainstream points of views but you know the other thing is is that we the thing that we've drawn in are the people who are like really serious about fighting for like this decentralized freedom, really serious about transactional freedom, really serious about not having like CDDCs in your wallet. Right. So this group of like, you know, a thousand or 1200 holders, I don't even know what our So they're, they're kind of like a
1: a pretty good tight group of super nerds then.
4: Super nerds, (laughs) super nerds. And then uh, there's half that are super nerds and there's half that are just like twitter nutcases who just want to like make fun of people i'm not gonna lie but but that goes a long way too you need those guys in this like that's the only way like like you need the christie's you need the cj moons you need your hooligan twits you need these guys who like really make people laugh and engage and like that's the magic you know that's that's what we had
1: yeah pb's here uh like (laughs) he used to put out all sorts of like just badass memes and stuff. Like just we uh, spread his Luna memes all the time. It's a tremendous amount of fun. Um, He's busy at work right now, I think. So he's not able to hop on, but yeah. Um, Yeah. The meme makers uh, like you can tell which blockchain is going to be successful based on like uh, who's attracting the meme makers, right? Like if you don't have those folks, it's like, you know, you're fucked. Like I, like today I posted just for fun. I'm like, all right, I'm going to post like a chart on Luna classic and, like, we're going to see how many like likes and retweets this is going to get. And quite frankly, I'm fucking disappointed. I think it's pretty weak. I don't know. Like, uh, it's very difficult to maintain um, kind of like some kind of shill or pump culture, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, it is not easy to do. And um, it's one thing to make a coin go up once, right, uh, through some kind of uh, just internet hype. But to do to have that happen repeatedly is the hard part. Um, anybody can get lucky once, uh, but to get lucky a second time, a third time or whatever and, and make that happen repeatedly, like it's not as easy as it sounds. And I think, uh, the, um, Luna classic community is going to face that exact same situation. I think, uh, in the grand scheme though, um, Luna's token price is actually sufficiently depressed enough that it's a lot easier to move the market on that, right? It's way easier to 10 X Luna's price than it is to 10 X Luna classic price by any stretch of the imagination. So it's like I'm excited to see what happens over the next several months as, as all the projects get released and you know people start talking strategy and and that kind of thing. Um, and also, like if you're if you do intellectual things on your chain, you're going to um, attract uh, bigger pockets of money. I think. Whereas if you do a bunch of retard stuff, that's cool too. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's fun, but you're going to get. Um, lots and lots of small amounts of money, um, because no one's going to be, you know, throwing a, like, you know, it's just less probable someone's going to spend, let's say a hundred thousand dollars of their money, uh, or something like that on a coin or a project or something that is, um, you know, like deemed sort of like entertainment, right? Like there's, there's only so much that's going to pull in. And, um, and then it's just like meme people just waiting for, other people to buy the coin and then then it's sure it's just pure pure question of virality at that point but then there's good measures now for virality like you can tell when like the enthusiasm is waning or whatever and um like yeah if it wasn't like actually if it wasn't for the ust crash like the the number of um like projects that were about to emerge on terra that were looking really really exciting that we were people were really really um super um, pumped for like Andromeda and um, and um, like Vertex protocol and all these interesting things that were about to happen. Um, like everyone was super excited about some of those things and, and from, from a and excited from a perspective of like, we almost had the kinds of like DeFi protocols that, I kind of joke, like it's the, the protocol that the it's the stuff that everyone needs, but nobody realized that they even want yet. Like <laughs> those are the kinds of things that were kind of emerging. Unfortunately, they were based on the existence of UST mechanism, which uh is to say, you know, the censorship resistance was would would have been a nice feature. Uh can you do a lot of those things with like USDC Axelar or USDC native? Yeah, you you could. Um I think the the crypto diehards aren't nearly as um, nearly as happy about the centralized coins, um, ob- for obvious reasons. Uh, as as uh, like idiot, as like as much as like some of the crypto universe wants to call like you know the UST folks a bunch of idiots or whatever, the reality is that a significant amount of that money came in because you had people who um could see the vision that if that could work it would be uh truly uh game changing right so that was the the proposition there um at this point like it's up to us to create the next you know game changing applications that might be on terra v2 or wherever um because at at this point also if you look at defi at large right um a lot of defi you know you might say well wh- why is Luna no better than any other layer one at this point. Like why would it be any better than a, I don't know, whatever crap you're going to build on near protocol or um, Elrond or on Kadena or whoever else. Right. But the reality is that those folks don't have any um, like absolute, like breathtaking DeFi applications either. So really we're on a level playing field from that perspective. The cost per transaction is super low on, um, Terra v2 it's a fully upgraded cosmos chain um, it's going to be able to do like you know all the usual Ibc things and there's no actual reason why it can't do really well um, you know there's it's simply a matter of like producing narrative and and um, finding believers or you know someone creates a really great application like um, I want to see like catch up with Andromeda folks and see how close they are to releasing things and on what chains they're going to be releasing their product on exactly. But yeah, you're saying, Sam, JG. Oh
4: yeah. So one of the things that
1: uh, we're trying to work on, um, cause you know, we're
4: really, fr- we're really good friends. Our projects are really good friends with redacted money. And I, I think we found a way to, to actually mix money for free. So you can actually uh, earn interest while mixing your money. And uh, so we're going to lay out a strategy on how to get clean money. Cause a lot of Luna will be unlocking in November and it is our, Belief that if you're going to have unlocked Luna, you might as well have free money. So, we will lay out a strategy, I believe, on the on the, the 23rd, hopefully, that will uh, lay out a quick way if you're going to have vesting Luna to not just take it to the open market and sell it, to actually do something with it to get some clean money, and then and then you have and then you're like really crypto free at that point because it's not attached. Yeah. to Yeah, it's kind and of I don't funny. Think a lot people of people don't haven't thought of that like.
1: exactly. A lot of yeah. people don't
4: even know what that's like.
1: Yeah, no, actually, um, it's like my Luna that I got via airdrop is basically just like, it's like poof, and it's just out there. Like, nobody knows I have it. So it's kind of funny. Like, there's no, um, the, it's like a paper trail free airdrop of a shit ton of Luna. So, like, I think people don't understand this this element of it. Like, you know, there's, you you even if you have a lot of original Luna, And it's, I'm I'm sorry, Luna V2 and it's vesting and it's stuck there, right? Um, I'm not so compelled to get rid of it necessarily because it's basically like, I don't know, secret money and essentially like, so I'm fully with you. I think figuring out how to like, um, like turn it into something where I could use it um, worldwide, like not even in my home country but use it to just fucking travel and go somewhere and just live off that shit. It'd be kind of funny. Um, because then like, if you had like, for example, some sort of fiat off ramp or fiat debit card or something, right. And you could spend it in different places. Um, you know, that would be pretty sweet. I'd use that for sure. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it's like, it's like just, you know, you got the airdrop this amount and uh, nobody knows you have it. Right. Like, what are you going to report this? Fuck no. Like, get out of here. Definitely not. And you, and what you, should do <laughs> you,
4: is you should, you should definitely mix it right away and then put it in a clean wallet. And then it's not attached to you at all. Right. Then it's complete break.
1: Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. And like, and, and not even plan to use it um, like in, in a, in a, tax jurisdiction at all really like and so if you don't use it for if you don't convert it back to fiat well first no go ahead go ahead i can't hear you guys if you can hear me just so you know
3: yeah i can oh i can hear now okay i can see if you love it yeah but uh regarding like the mixer i heard it's gonna come out pretty soon right very soon but...
4: i believe i believe next week
3: yeah, yeah yeah i just heard it well i heard it as well and how does it actually work because you
4: you put some Luna in there, and it sends it to a new wallet. Or so. Look, they they are using some technology that I'm I'm not 100 percent certain of. I know it's zk rollups. I'm not even sure how that that works exactly. But I do know that the longer. That you keep your money in a mixer, the cleaner it gets. So if you end up pulling it too fast, there's not a, there's a chance that it could be back traced. Whereas, and this is one of the problems with mixers, nobody wants to put money in a mixer for a month; it's dead money. But we have found a way to put money in a mixer and let it continually gain assets and interest for you. And uh, we're going to detail this. It's actually pretty pretty exciting. Um, one of the things I want to touch on, you know. He, Steffi, you brought up the, you know, DeFi and what we, we can do. I think it's really crucial that the components that we play the game with this time, that I mean like, you know, the, the collateral and the stable equivalent. I, I think it's really important for them to come from community teams and not from TFL. I also think that it's really important that those assets are fueling the community to whoever participates, right? Because this is how we will get the trust back because these components can't come from TFL anymore we have a chance to lay these components out. And if we can get them out fast enough, then we can dictate the terms of engagement if enough of the community understands the play.
1: You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, what I want, like, what I, uh, I got a phone call while we were, you were chatting, so I, I missed some of what you guys are saying. But, like, what I'd like to see is, okay, just imagine I've got my Luna. Um, I have the yield emerging from that. Or um, maybe I'd take Luna, take my yield you know, stick it in a grid bot or whatever um, in some sort of on-chain, you know, trading mechanism where maybe every plus or minus 1% it buys and sells and like produces yield that way. Um, And, uh, you know, that's happening in some sort of vault architecture. Uh, So even the the buys and sells, number one, don't net me any kind of capital gains. And then um, assuming that you even wanted to report it, but that's a different thing. But let's say um, you you um, were reporting, let's say for example, um, and you have this thing happening in a vault architecture, so you, you're you're basically tax efficient, and then um, you have this set up to where maybe you could port it out via like interchain accounts to like an atom wallet or some shit, right? That completely disconnected from this, completely disconnected from your other shit that you're doing, uh, a brand new fresh atom wallet, right? And it it doesn't even like it, part of why it becomes impossible to trace by IBC is because like not only is it in a mixer situation, but long-term, the other thing is it's in a wallet that has no relationship to you at all and um, has nothing to do with your, even the same blockchain. Fuck, fuck. Like who the hell is going to figure that shit out? Nobody. Like, so what that means is you could then take your atom, And if that's why I've been kind of looking hard at people who are building like uh, Adam uh, off chain. I'm sorry, Adam, um, like, uh, fiat off ramps. So that if we can get like a debit card that uses Adam, it won't matter whether we have you have Luna or not, right? We only need one major coin of the cosmos exiting to like debit cards or to like Travala.com, uh, where you could go and like travel on some travel agencies and shit. <laughs> and, uh, you only have to have one liquidity, um, like bridge essentially. Not bridge is the wrong word. Um, one, uh, Sort ramp. of off ramp for for a common liquidity of the cosmos, and next thing you know, you can use these techniques like um, integrated grid bots to basically live off of forever. Essentially, just have the, the whatever kind of trading yield that emerges, and you go and spend it on wherever. And you do it directly, right? And you don't even do it in your your home country necessarily. Like let's say you go travel or whatever the hell, right? You just spend it somewhere, and um, it uh, you know you you buy your airline tickets direct or whatever. and like, you know, who the fuck's watching all that stuff? Nobody. So I think that would be really cool. Anyway. yeah, I
4: mean, it was pretty great when we had the gift card uh, access and Amazon access. I mean, I went shopping like crazy on Amazon.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buy all your shit and then that was, you know, who's checking Amazon or whatever, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, gift cards are not reported.
1: <laughs> yeah, beyond a certain size, right? So gift cards main issue is like you can go to a certain size before it becoming a problem. So, But I think for average people, like most people, I would say probably 90% plus, that could be a, a plus if you had a strategy f- that's comprehensive from top to bottom, right? Um, it can't be like some half-baked thing with like partially, um, because otherwise what'll happen is people say, wait, I don't get my two to 3% cash back using a regular credit card. Why would I want to go through this gift card route? Um, it would have to be a much more comprehensive reason to do it, um, you know. which means that like your wallet is sitting in some country um, and you're not actually claiming profit on this thing anywhere. Right. It's just like it's just going into something and paying your Netflix bill or some bullshit like that. Right. Like there's there's a lot of different ways to sort of run that kind of those kind of systems in the background. Anyway, um, you know
4: i miss those i can't wait for the game to start i really cannot wait for the components to come back and we can start like talking about like the value capture games and the little strategies because those worked so well for me i'm not gonna lie i made a shit ton of money following what you were saying to do it's not that hard we were
1: we were so fucking close too right like like the disappointment here the disappointment here wasn't just that like what happened to ust it's just that so many of the protocols that I felt like people needed, but didn't even know that they wanted yet. We're so close. And that excitement was really, really, um, you know, that was the the excitement. It wasn't so much like I didn't even have much in Anchor protocol or whatnot. People made it sound like, oh, like, you know, I'm getting this stable yield out of Anchor and I'm getting rich. And I'm like, like 20% yield is bullshit in crypto. Like, what the fuck would like, like, I didn't have much in there um necessarily and i didn't understand why people put so much into anchor when like a t- typical grid bot makes you like 50 to 120% yield like it makes no sense whatsoever to be in fucking anchor at 20% yield i thought that was kind of low actually <laughs> and people were like oh no that's too high and there's going to be problems and um and of course you know some of the problems that happened there were actually the larger players like Celsius and other people who stuck their money in anchor protocol. But like, like you don't, if you know what you're doing, you didn't need anchor protocol to do well in crypto that actually, you know, it is nice to have your stables earning something while they're in stable positions. Um, so I, you know,
4: it- I would go so far as to say that Anchor sucked the liquidity out of the rest of the ecosystem. To be honest, because everybody was just trying to cash out and and either play that one UST Luna game, where if Anchor wasn't there and UST and Luna were both co- co- uh, the components, I don't think we have the
1: same problem as as we do the first time if Anchor's well, not there. Well, but granted, like remember when Luna's price was high. It was really, really possible to borrow off your Luna and buy all sorts of shit, which is actually kind of funny because part of what saved me a lot of money is I borrowed off my Luna, like what, what, what Luna I actually leveraged, right? I borrowed off of it and I bought some different things like um, I bought Kujira and I bought um, this and that. And The funny thing is my Kujira tokens are actually, I think they're about what they were worth before now, right? Like, I didn't actually lose anything on that because Kujir actually kind of came back from the ashes and did fine. So it helped diversify a little bit, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what else did I have? But um, uh,
4: let me say, I, not, not anchor in itself, because the borrow and lend, like the leveraging we need, but the 20% APY. Yeah, like, the USD. Not necessary not at all. Necessary. Yeah. No, like only the first half would be great. Let's just get rid of the savings account. That's not a savings account. Right. And let's just get the leveraging, borrowing, accessing the liquidity right, of assets that are still growing. That whole game is what we need to open again.
1: Yeah. And, and what happened with uh, Anchor was it brought in like these folks like Outlet Finance and different companies that were trying to sort of create direct access to this type of yield, um, which which caused sort of like um, a lot of excess like, uh, we can liquidity to come into that space. And of course we didn't have capital controls either. Like if anytime you're going to be offering that type of yield, you should have to lock up your money in there for a year or some shit, right? Like if you go to a bank and get a CD, they give you like, what, like maybe one or 2% more than you would normally. And you have to lock up your shit for like two years plus. So, um, yeah, right. part of yeah. that they didn't do because it was going to like, it's hard to make DeFi composable, while also having all these rules. So that's part of the reason why they didn't do this. But yeah, they probably should have had like several types of vaults, like one where you earn higher yield but you lock up for three years, one with lower yield, etc. That you don't have as long as a lockup time, or maybe like uh like a base rate where you didn't have a lockup at all, but you know your yield wasn't very high or something like that. And um I you know so yeah they're th- from a From a promotional level, like uh, uh, Anchor was using a lot of sort of, um, I guess, promotional cash to essentially bootstrap um, the Terra network. And I think most of the people that were here understood that they weren't going to make fucking 20% forever, right? You'd have to be a moron to think that. Like Everyone knew that that was a promotional thing, that it was going to go down. And it was going down, actually. Um, but even before the DPEG and everything, but anyway, yeah, like with, even without anchor, um, you, you have to have some kind of stable coin. You have to have some sort of like uh, yield bearing asset that you believe over the long term is likely to go up in value versus down with a pretty good probability. Cause if you don't have a store of value on chain, you have to come up with a store of value that's off chain, which is just a complete fucking waste of time. Like why bother with your, why bother with a crypto wallet at all if you don't have a store of value on chain, right? It makes no sense. So um, that we definitely have to um, have and uh, like create. And I think, um, you know, I think with cross chain liquidity and IBC, I, I think it's more probable for something like an atom to become a store of value coin uh like the, the entire concept of this atom 2.0 proposal to me is does it increase the likelihood that atom becomes a store of value coin or does it decrease the probability um and you certainly don't you you want to increase that probability of having a store of value within the ibc but you also need to um like i guess um What am I trying to say? You you need store of value and you need to have it without bridges. So when people say we're going to like create a stable coin, but we're going to like use Bitcoin as collateral or some shit, right? That's basically just introducing bridge risk on top of the usual uh, Bitcoin volatility risks and all of that. So I just don't think that works. You have to ultimately have a store of value. Ethereum sort of did with its proof of work. Now with proof of stake, I don't know. Like the more centralized it's become, the less um, uh, credible it becomes that, like ten or twenty years away, you're going to continue to have a, a store of value mechanism that is not um, censorship resistant. So, I don't know. We'll see how that uh, that plays out. But you like the Cosmos definitely needs a store of value coin of its own. If you're if you're relying upon like Bitcoin to solve this for you, then um, you've got another thing coming. It's just a matter of time before everything fails. So I think that is, um, it's it's super, super important to have that. Uh, I, and I think right now, at least the most obvious choice would be the Atom token. Um, but Jay Kwan and others have a good point. The more wacky shit you do and the more governance related shit you put into the system, the more attack vectors and vectors for failure you possibly create also, which was sort of Satoshi's point when it came to Bitcoin, um, which is why there's no smart contract platform at all. Or at least not not the way we think of smart contracts on Ethereum or cosmos or whatever. Um, so yeah, some imm- immutability essentially is a feature. Um, and And expecting that your value is the, the network is going to work similarly today as it will 10 years from now is a value. and that's kind of one of Jay Kwan's Quan's points he always makes. Jay's one of the cosmos founders. Or if not the original founder, and that's kind of a point he makes fairly repeatedly. And if you go to the Discord, where or not Discord, the uh, Telegram, where everyone's arguing about the Atom 2.0, you know, Treasury, you can see that play out. Um, where er, you know everyone thinks they have the right answer, but no one, no one's sure. Um, and you you have a system that goes nowhere. So yeah, I think uh, if we can have Atom 2.0, uh, Atom 2 uh, have these new features enhance IBC for all of us have some store of value function, and we can use that as a primitive on places like Terra, along with uh, a stable coin primitive, you have the basis for um, a longer term uh, trading algorithm where people are likely to continue to bring liquidity in. And Luna was that for a while, right? Like Luna was the only sort of like uh, deflationary sort of coin that had any kind of serious mechanism behind it to really drive its value up because the theoretical use case for UST was all the world's money. So, like, it had a a demand that was essentially insatiable, essentially, if it worked, right? And that's why Luna was so interesting to everybody. Um, I haven't seen, by the way, any other um, demand-driven... Uh, deflationary mechanism of a coin so far. I've seen some small, uh, like video games and things like that, where you know the use, the revenue developed from uh, spending things on chain causes a deflation of the coin, a burn of the coin. But when you have things like burn taxes, like what Luna Classic has, when you have things like burn taxes, such as I don't know Safe Moon and a bunch of other coins that are on Binance Smart Chain. Uh, pretty much most of those have gone to something that looks like zero uh, or performed worse than Luna did. <laughs> like, so like the, the, or the, so, which is kind of funny, but um, yeah, you, you, uh, uh, to create a, a, a sort of apex asset of some kind um, is difficult, but pretty much necessary for the ecosystem. If you don't have that, then, the amount of capital that's going to flow into your blockchain is going to be limited. It's just, it, is, it just is.
4: Well, you need your keystone, right? You need that linchpin. That's going to, I hate saying anchor, but anchor it, you know?
1: Yeah. It has to, you have to have something that uh, attracts capital. Um, and, th- you know, there's a, th- you can create lots of different themes, uh, memes and other bullshit, right? Like, but a dog coin can, you can just have another dog coin. Um, you know, like, what do you have on your platform? What what can we create on Terra V2 that is cannot be replicated as easily elsewhere? Um, that's the hard thing to produce. Um, and at this point, like real world revenue or real world use case, um, pretty much is what remains in the crypto ecosystem, because there are good trading platforms coming, like, I think, DYDX and SEI and Um, like GMX and some of these other things that are out there for like doing on-chain order book based systems to replace like your Binance's and Coinbase's and shit like that, that's coming already. Um, That stuff is pretty much inevitable. Um, That's not to say that they'll be successful for sure or whatever, but like uh, those things are technically very feasible. Um, Whether or not they can attract market maker money is a different story. Um, and I think there'll be winners and losers in those things, but the reality is they can be produced, um, creating what would be like the most credible store of value asset for the cosmos. Um, you can say things like, well, if you create an apex asset, it's going to suck, you know, money out from all the other assets, um, in the system. But I think that's largely just cope because at the end of the day, like if you don't have like you, all you're going to do is you're going to say things like well, yeah, you could do these things with your inflationary coins and you can do th- th- these things uh, for transactions, but I would hold Bitcoin for my store of value, right? That's how the, that's how the conversation will always end up ending. And um, you, you have to eventually create a narrative where that's not the conversation. You, would, you wanna have a store of value asset on, on, in, within your ecosystem that does not contain bridge risk and that does not require you to go to a centralized exchange to acquire and is sufficiently immutable and can't be wrecked by some sort of like stupid ass governance proposal or some other nonsense. Right. So there, there is that. And I, I, maybe the answer is like, uh, maybe the answer is like, you know, Adam one, you just lock the fucking thing up. Like, you just like, there's no more governance. There's no fucking nothing. Uh, it just runs the way it does. And that's the end of the story. Um, and, um, you know, like you, you create an architecture that is scalable in terms of like validator networks and everything else, but the whole thing is run on programming alone. Um, you know, that might make it sufficiently immutable that people will use it as a store of value. But um, right now, the problem is, is that like in Cosmos, any coin or any chain that has a sufficiently high liquidity um, or or market cap, I should say, um, is going to be an attack vector for governance shenanigans, as I like to put it, and uh, like, uh, and really some of the risks that Terra faced, um, any chain in Cosmos faces if if they get sufficiently large enough and become some sort of store of value function, which you know means that like you know you invest in something you want the thing to maybe hundred x in ten years, like you can't credibly expect that to happen if there's going to be some wreckage in between, right? So. Uh, you're gonna you're going to fail to attract capital long-term, I think, if you can't create that store of value on, within, within chain. Um, and, and a lot of the governance tokens in the Cosmos um, are highly questionable in this regard in terms of their ability to service function.
4: I just want to be clear. So do you mean we only need one of these store of values for the whole IBC or does each IBC
1: want to strive to have their own store of value? Um, I think with IBC, uh, if you could get at least one that is fungible across, you know, an IBC native store of value token, a one is asking for a lot because number one, it's hard to make anything credibly decentralized. That's the first problem. But, um, you know, or a basket of multiple centralized, uh, like let's say you had a dozen centralized store of value coins. But then we had like an ETF coin of maybe like, I don't know, the top 10 Cosmos tokens or something. So you, 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 you on the one hand, have centralized components of the primary store value coin, but you semi-decentralize it because the new coin is a f- a, like a function of 10 separate coins merging to form like one ETF token, something like that. That's clever. Some sort, you have to create some kind of commodity that is on the, uh, you know, like, how do you make something immutable? How do you make it hard to shut it down? Um, How do you make it immune to sort of like government agencies or whatever, right? Like, all of those things are relevant if you want to build like a hundred billion dollar market cap, a trillion dollar market cap, right? Like, because eventually capital start flowing in because here's the thing, when the risks of the downside price action are there right and the probability of getting a 10x on your high risk asset go lower and lower it's just going to be harder and harder to attract capital right think about it like like for example take take bitcoin for example let's say the best you could possibly do was to get to gold's market cap of you know 10 trillion dollars that represents let's say you know i don't know like close to a 20 or 30 X from current valuation. Um, are there better opportunities to get a 30 X with, with, you know, in, in the world of finance? Sure. There are right. Like there's not like easily there's, there's chance to get that right. You're, you're more likely to make a 30 X on Luna version two If you were to guesstimate, than you were to be on Bitcoin and it by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So as the market cap grows, like it has to have great store of value function. It must if it doesn't, then it's just going to fail to attract capital that's trying to move there for safety. Um, and you also won't attract the speculative capital, who, who, capital who's coming for the, the high multiple growth. So you can't be both like high risk, high volatility, and, and like expect, you know, and not even have a 10x, let's say, and then you expect people to show up for some sort of store of value function. So what happens? The thing bleeds out. That's what's going to happen to your coins if if you don't have these functions. So I think Cosmos in general, if it could have at least one primitive of this type, um, that would be uh, an achievement. Like, uh, I, I think that's the be- that's the canary in the coal mine. If you don't see that happening, then something eventually is going to get fucked up and the whole thing is going to get washed down the tubes. Like at some point, at some point in the future, like. This is, the, this is the risk you face, ultimately, is to, to bleed into irrelevance. And um, anyway, that's just my theories on this. Um, happy, uh, and then Level 10. Happy, did you have a, some comments about anything? We're just bullshitting here.
2: No, no, I just was following, and I wanted to jump in, but you pretty much answered what you were putting in the room, like how to actually... Um, Get it to be a great store of value, like doing the same thing that the BRICS countries are trying to do with into joining the Brazilian currency and the Chinese and the ruble and whatnot to kind of mitigate the risk and attract more people to invest into that, right?
1: Yeah, you have to. I, I think it's also a question of network effect, too. Like the more countries that are using a specific currency or a system, like whether it's the euro or the dollar or whatever, the more likely that. Um, it's just simple network effects or Lindy effects, whatever you want to call it, um, that end up, um, you know, uh, making things become winner take all. And I think, uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that, yeah, um, people that feel like they don't get adequate representation, say, for example, in the dollar, want to create their own. Um, one thing that's good about the Cosmos is you can produce anything you want. Um, you can create a blockchain uh, with like the Tendermint um, SDK or whatever, Uh, the thing is that the the way that the the Cosmos ecosystem is built, the inflationary rewards are built to pay the validators and to keep them going. And so far, we haven't solved the problem of how to um, both incentivize validators for being good, but also not creating too much validator centralization. Um, So the only thing I can see so far is if... You have like lots of Cosmos chains. Each of them are going to be centralized. The top 10 validators are going to have a tendency to take most of the vote. It's just how this works. But if you can create some sort of primitive, maybe that is a conglomeration, some sort of IBC con- conglomeration at the core level of Tendermint, like you you have to create a coin that's a store of value that that represents the Cosmos, in my opinion, that is like a base part of the cosmos network and absolutely fungible anywhere on the cosmos, like yeah, without so he, bridges, always, without DEXs, without anything. Go ahead.
2: Um, have you ever thought about um, this? There's actually one thing that really gets me when it comes to proof of work. It's like, because people have to invest energy and spend money right to mine new blocks. So this is Bitcoin, right? So we all know about that. don't you want to let's say borrow some of bitcoin's abilities like you have some atomic stakes that you actually put into your validator so you borrow a part of that proof of work protocol for your profits or using bitcoin in a way to actually get this necessary decentralization because the bitcoin network is by default decentralized have you ever thought about that being a way to actually achieve what you want to do.
1: Yeah, this was sort of what uh, LFG was trying to do with Luna. I don't know if you kind of know the history of that. The idea was, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to, you know, to create basically a, a Bitcoin store um, that you know that becomes the collateral for whatever it is you're doing. The problem is um, the Bitcoin network has no way to be directly integrated. Um, it's directly into any other sort of blockchain network. You have to ultimately have some sort of custodian that holds Bitcoin in some centralized location with some sort of multi-sig and you're either going to have multi-sig risk. You're, if you get big enough, remember, like nothing's particularly risky until you reach a really large size. So let's say you have a multi-sig in it with, I don't know, um, a hundred billion dollars of the bitcoin securing your network in the background. Um, you can credibly verify that you have this Bitcoin because you'll there'll be a wallet, there'll be money in it. But what you can't really guarantee is what the multi-sig signers are going to do with that, and we don't have a great way to connect the um the Bitcoin network uh, seamlessly into other networks. People have been sort of working on this sort of shit, but um, you ultimately create some, uh, you're going to create a choke point with some risk. So for example, with the LFG thing, like whatever the 5 multisig signers, whoever those people were, um, whether it was like Doe and like Remy and I don't know who else else was on that multisig. But the point is you created a situation where like if enough money is in the system, there's a good reason for me to take a gun, um, take a small team of people. And capture three of the people on the multi-sig, like and and basically force them to um release this money to me in threat of their family or some other shit. So you have enough money involved, and I promise you, like you're gonna get a movie out of it, right? You're gonna have drama uh, develop eventually. It's just a matter of time. So these kinds of things don't like work long term. Like Bitcoin's primary failure, um, and and you know, the Bitcoin maximalists will never like you know, want to admit this, but its primary problem is it's useful as a base layer, but it's missing a, several important features to make it, uh, to get you layer two and layer three solutions on top of it. Um, and those problems were never actually solved um, when Bitcoin was released. So it, it functions fine as a peer-to-peer cash. It doesn't function so well uh, in terms of like corporate treasury um, it doesn't serve well because of privacy. It doesn't serve uh, like well from the perspective of being able to build a layer two on top of it very easily. Um, so it's it's missing a lot of things that would make it like, I don't know, uh, useful in the long run. So for example, I'll give you a good example here. So like, let's say, for example, I had a um, billion dollars um, worth of Bitcoin because I am a country. And now I want to be able to use that as um, collateral to print um, my nation's, like, you know, country's uh, coin. Like, I'm Argentina, and I'm going to use my Bitcoin reserve to, to print, um, you know, whatever Perception. coins, right? The problem is, is that now you have some group of people, whether it's the government, some sort of treasury, or somebody that's going to manage this wallet, right? So, normally when you use gold as a reserve or you use a fiat reserve within the SWIFT system, you have like a tried and true method to secure that money. You either have like soldiers that protect your gold or you have um, some other method, right? So, while Bitcoin is fine for self sovereignty, it's not particularly that great for a sovereign nation to hold because which five people are you going to give it to? Like, what country doesn't have political risks, right? So are you going to give it to a series of political parties? Are you going to give it to a small group of people in the treasury? Who is going to control this thing, right? Like, What if three of them die in an earthquake or something? Now, what the fuck are you going to do? You can't get your Bitcoin out? So there's all sorts of weird problems um, that requires you to form a secondary security network around any kind of Bitcoin collateralization. And it's been a problem that has prevented it from becoming like a standard in corporate treasuries or national treasuries right like that's been it's not just that countries are not interested in bitcoin or, or corporations are not there is no great way to manage this bitcoin wallet if you own it as a corporation like so yeah. and so connecting I mean, it and using as collateral is difficult
2: yeah blockstream had, uh, had these problems with with the liquid token right i mean um there's like 15 or uh, whatever signers and it's the big exchanges but still, it's like, a, yeah, it's not really accepted because they, it they, just feels like
1: you're waiting for something yeah. bad to happen, right? Like it's yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it's it's not. It does it misses the point of the original Bitcoin. Like it, it, it when you do this, when you make these systems, it makes perfect sense for a base layer of money, like you know, layer one or layer zero, whatever you want to call it, money. Um, it makes perfect sense if you can compose on the thing. And the fact that you can do it, it's great for individual sovereignty, but for some reason, like the math doesn't work for institutional sovereignty or national sovereignty. That's that's the strange thing. So, it's like it's a libertarian's dream in the sense, but it doesn't necessarily like get rid of the fiat system or gold or other stores of value that have a different security proposition or um, like, or a collateral proposition. I don't know if the right way to say this, but anyway, like I haven't seen a solution for it. That's been definitive yet either. And I think the same problem exists if you try to use Bitcoin for other blockchains as some sort of, as some sort of, um, um, you know, as a collateral layer and, you know, any attempt to try to make Bitcoin happen again, I think most of you guys are probably already aware of this. Bitcoin becoming reasonably decentralized was purely luck, right? It was, it was luck in that um, you know, Satoshi sort of disappeared. It was luck in that um, the number of people that mined it early on were sufficiently like wide enough to where you had some early wallet distribution. Every attempt afterwards to force decentralization and proof of stake networks or anything have ended in failure in terms of like no. Um, I think Cardano claims to be the most uh, decentralized of the available networks. The only problem is it's slower, slow as fuck. So like <laughs> the the problem is is that you you they traded um, decentralizations for um, speed, and maybe that'll work. Maybe they'll create their layer two solutions like they've been promising for God knows when Hydra or whatever, and maybe it'll maybe it'll you know maybe it'll work out. I don't know. We'll see. But at least they were able to create um, some sort of decentralized store of value piece in the in the form of the uh, ADA token. Uh, think what you will about Charles Hoskinson's or whoever. <laughs> like, But what did it,
4: anybody do there, though?
1: I, I still don't know of anybody who does anything there, really. I don't. Yeah, you don't hear a lot of like uh, DeFi talk among the Cardano crowd. I, I don't know how much has been put out. It's also like it, it's kind of a slow network because of the nature of it. So they need layer two solutions like a polygon style thing um, to actually make use of their network. So I don't think, I think it's fine. I think it's okay if they at least serve, if they have the base layer like value function, and they have a um, store value function, that may be good enough to um, build upon. But at the same time, like if you already have this, sec- when you have to have a security risk of a layer two um, and it's not baked into your original platform, then there's all sorts of risks to that as you guys have probably already noted. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. You know, Sophie, there's this one thing, you know,
2: after being quite for a while now in this um, crypto space and having, Oh God, I tried almost everything that's out there and tried this and that, made some money, lost some money. I'm, um, not complaining but um there's actually you know the real use cases There are still um i think that there are use cases but the people um they don't pursue them because there's no incentive to pursue them for the guys for these developers it's not kind of a self-sustaining thing in itself right if for example let's say for example a lightning network could be a Built out to be a complete payment network right but there's so much hurdles from legislation and whatnot right that no one really wants to build in this direction there's no big company that's happy to actually throw a lot of money in that direction because you never know what the legislator is doing in the end of the day so you can completely get wrecked right but there is let's say there is actually a possibility to build something out of that technology as a
1: pure money transfer layer right and and corporations generally um Uh, the the corporations that want to use these things generally want privacy, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's as simple as that. Like if I have a company and let's say it's worth, it's a billion dollar company and um, I want to accept, um, you know, crypto payments at my various locations. Uh, Let's say for example, I'm a Starbucks and I I want to accept uh, Bitcoin at my various locations. Maybe I have a different wallet at each location. Um, The, See, like you, you would essentially have to have some sort of a mixture of a mixer. You would have to have a sort of obfuscation of the the wallets and such in order to make it set up in such a way that, um, you like a competitor to my corporation doesn't know exactly how much coffee is being sold at every destination, right? Like, like if you assume that like uh, Bitcoin took over the world somehow, like. If no other transaction was happening, but this, um, it would just provide too much market data to competitors to have this. Yeah, yeah, mission. I understand that, sure. that, but they so, solve that,
2: right? I mean, I don't know if you if you're following the Xiaomi and Mints, you know, they 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 provide full. I mean, you have to move inside of the ecosystems. It's like, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, for Starbucks, I think um, just for the bridging itself, it shouldn't be a problem, but what they finally collect in the end of the day, because you, what you basically do is like you charge your Starbucks app, right? And and this is going to be like from the end yeah. consumer that
1: you, I you get my point. Major, and, I think of major gateways, like let's say, for example, your iPhone or your Android or something like that were to mm-hmm. incorporate some of the base tech necessary to um, ensure privacy. Uh, on both sides of the transaction, then there might be, um, yeah, there might be a, a marketplace for this at some point. Um, yeah. The issue well, with these on. specialized solutions is how do you get that specific specialized solution in the hands of the like maximum number of people for cross compatibility? Like, yeah, how do you become true. like the HDMI or the Blu-ray or the DVD standard? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah
2: if apple and starbucks they pick up on this for example or let's say walmart and apple and they implement that people don't even know what's happening in the background that they're using this network to actually transfer the money from a to b you just see like on strike you see us dollar balances but i mean i don't want to go into this direction but what i wanted to say is you have like let's say for example for transfer of wealth you could use the lightning network right but if you want to say uh, it's a store of value bitcoin is really bad because I mean, people can, first of all, um, it's not very user-friendly. People can really screw up you know, and lose their coins, especially with cold wallets. If they do something stupid, they lose their paper or whatnot. I don't want to know how much money has been lost already because of just pe- people being as stupid as they come, right? And um, another thing is, I mean, it doesn't happen to your bank. You lose your bank card. You go there and say, give me a new one, right? It's not a problem. Uh, Bitcoin is just like, yeah, well, <laughs> good luck, you know? <laughs> you have uh, yeah, a trillion, like, trillion, trillion, trillion tries, right? So, um, and, and there's, there's something like... What I'm
1: saying is any system needs to be usable by like IQ 70 to 85 people. Like, yeah, it just, not it just low, you, you have no to low. have it money has to be usable by everybody somehow or another
2: exactly so if if you for example if you go to the uh to the atom um, um let's say the, the cosmos right With tendermint blockchains which are all interoperable i think um there's there's actually some uh let's say if if every of these blockchains is focusing on something specific but they all can interchange i think that's where quite a bit of strength comes from right and if you go down this road i think um you You still want to be able to have somehow, and even if it's a, a botch way of doing it, it's like you have some central custodian who's holding a lot. Maybe not. Maybe everyone can actually have some client of his own running on his cell phone or on his browser that actually has a stake of some sets on 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 whatever wallet validator. and it's not so centralized. I, I think it's just like, Maybe it's worth just to wrap th- wrap one's head around that, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, I, what I've what I've done is I've I've taken uh, my money and I've spread it among some different Cosmos networks. I've spread a little bit um, in non Cosmos networks. Um, it, the reason for that is that way you it, let's say there is some sort of like ecosystem wide Cosmos failure, like for example something bad happens to um, like a bug is found in, you know, a tendermint sort of like what happened with the recent Binance thing. Um, the, the Binance didn't update their, um, their library, their libraries library. to, 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 uh, uh, and they made this mistake. And luckily that didn't, it wasn't a problem that affected the rest of the cosmos. But um, imagine there was something like that that did affect the whole cosmos. And, for some reason, and, uh, it's, it's a Tendermint native problem for some reason, then, you know, you, you'd want to have your money in somewhere other than just Cosmos at that point. So like I throw a little bit on Elrond network just for the, you know, to keep an eye on what's going on there. I throw a little bit in different Cosmos chains. Um, you throw a little bit in, you know, Bitcoin, you throw a little bit in Ethereum or whatever it is you want to buy. Um, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, at the same time, it means that there's more keys that you have to manage uh, you have to figure out where you're going to put those. Is it going to be in some sort of like, you're going to use a uh, paper. You are going to like etch this on metal. You're going to like put this on, you're going to split up your keys. Are you going to do like it? The more, the more places you have your money, custody and um, inheritance becomes even more problematic, which it's one thing to tell someone, okay, by the way, like my money is on Ethereum. This is a wallet. This is Vitalik's, you know, code. And like, he's, he has a seed phrase split in two countries. And if something happens, family, this is where you go to get your money. Um, But if you have like a dozen wallets or a hundred different places, you have your money, that's great and everything. But like when something happens to you, that could imply that all that money is lost unless your family is perfectly in tune with figuring out where everything is. So that's the other flip side to this is that custodial services are a problem. And then of course, like Look what happened! Look what kind of problems happened with custodial service this year. Like Voyager was doing a pretty good job creating an easy-to-use app and all this other shit, and they decided to go and gamble users' funds too aggressively with a company uh, where they dropped seven hundred million dollars capital in the three three arrows capital situation and got wrecked. They were trying to build the consumer-friendly solution, which I supported, but I, you know, in the background, you had centralization risk that wasn't obvious to most people. Um, Celsius is another example. So BlockFi is yet another example. We had like multiple custodians that, um, you know, their goal as a custodian got entirely fucked up by the fact that they, they didn't take their custodian role uh, seriously. I think Coinbase, you- Coinbase is better at this by a wide margin.
2: What do you expect? They're all banks, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're all, they're all trying to make, make yield off of different strategies right so
2: yeah that it's yeah
4: so, hey, that's yeah. the problem when you have when you have dgens running whole platforms
1: like voyager like that was like a degenerate play right there that was so crazy yeah it was it was an extreme dgen play most of us like even those of us that have done totally dgen shit would blush at that one right you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what were you doing, right? Like, why, why in the world did you have that much money unsecured with one person? Like, three quarters of a billion dollars? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, if, imagine you were fuck? you are messing with a, if you're messing with a billion dollars of other people's money, you'd hand it all to three arrows. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. Anyway, like,
4: never, never. We don't even know who they are. <laughs> like,
1: well, I mean, we had some idea of who they were, but the thing is, like. It's just a lot of money to have in one place. I think it'd be, it it doesn't make sense. Unsecured is the thing
4: that's the, yeah.
1: Yeah. Although with, with like, what would, what would they have secured crypto with? This is the problem, right? So like on the one hand, you're talking about like decentralized forms of money and this and that, like how exactly do you even secure with sufficient collateral? Uh, I would, for a half,
4: for three quarters of a billion dollars, I would want like a deed to
1: their soul in return. You'd want a deed to some property. You'd want some (laughs) physical property, right? You need to be a legal physical property or entity. And you, you would have to be able to claim this. Um, if something happened to their loan, the problem is, is that like in crypto three hours capital is a crypto company. What are they going to say? Like, okay, we're going to pledge our Ethereum or something like, you know, the reality is like, it, if it went down, it was going to all go down. Right. And, um, I, I think people just miss miss, uh, like underestimated how much, like how degen three arrows was. Um, it was kind of like the, they're really big and, you know, they're really sort of like the smartest people in the room and therefore they could probably, they're probably like smarter than we are. And so compared to what like we could do as a Voyager team to invest people's money, maybe these three arrows capitals are going to do it better. Because they're successful at it. That's that's what it was. It was kind of like yeah, community I mean, credibility but they, then they way too much crazy. Money enough. Yeah, they, they went crazy, crazy putting too much money in one place, though. Is what happened.
2: No, no, I mean they weren't crazy enough, you know. The really crazy guys they get far in this world. You know, it's like Elon Musk or someone who wants to go to Mars. They get really far, you know, because they get <laughs> they turn into a cult. <laughs> but uh, that's why I was saying they they weren't crazy enough, you know. They just gambled it away, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's an ugly story. I mean, um, especially because it it actually gives the 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 bloody uh, government a good handle on 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 putting up with all these troublesome regulations. They get eighty thousand IRS agents screwing everyone over, right? I mean, that's they need this kind of news. They're like they they're like happy back in their offices there at the SEC and say, "Look at these idiots! You know, now we we've got something on them. Everyone knows, you know."
1: Yeah, well, the, the, those things will always be there. I think yeah. the, there's nothing new about that stuff. I don't really yeah. worry about those nuances; they'll just happen. But I think uh, the the um, like I, I think like the crypto space, NFT space, should largely build systems that um, avoid any kind of like um, you you want to create systems where it's not possible to regulate them. That's the best way that I can describe this. Like, look at the Yuga um, Labs story of today, which is, you know, SEC is going to examine what Yuga Labs is doing. Of course, they're going to do that because when you form a, a, an LLC and this and that and the other thing, that's what's going to happen. The problem is, is that if you don't form a corporation, you're going to have a, once you get to a certain size, you have a hard time getting employees. And the reason is because um, employees of a company want to get paid. And they want to make sure that the company that they have is legally obligated to pay them. They want to make sure that – and then any kind of like companies that Yuga Labs needs to operate with, like for example, providers of any kind of goods or services, they're not going to take crypto or ApeCoin as their payment source. They're going to take dollars or whatever. And in order to take dollars, you have to have a bank account somewhere. To have a bank account somewhere, you have to have a company – Otherwise, there's no, like, it's not tied to anybody. And this is where the drama begins. So, like, at a small scale, like NFT projects, and crypto projects, um, maybe the answer for liberty is you don't even want them to get really big, necessarily. You just want to create some sort of financial sovereignty, and that's it. Um, That's a different value case, right, than necessarily assuming that, like, you're, you're you're going to be compliant with all the laws and all this other shit. I, when people talk about NFT projects, I'm like, they're like, Oh, we're doing it the right way. We're going to be docs and all this stuff. I'm like, fuck that. Like, like you're just uh, like opening up a can of worms that are completely unnecessary.
4: Hey, I'm um, going to tell you the skeleton punks we've stayed undocked Like we were community members and we were like, yeah, we don't want to put our name out there. And the only reason that we were able to uh, jump up is because we came through the community, right? Like it's very hard to, to be in this space undocked like and, I mean, and, and, and you guys had an actual
1: uh like a rug pull situation too, in the midst of all that, right? So it wasn't like there was um, like I think when people get involved with totally undocked systems, they should just realize that there's that possible risk involved. Um well, there's risk even in the docs systems. don't get me wrong like that's that's a whole other thing like look what happened to Luna. it's docs right like it doesn't mean that something bad can't happen so that's a different thing. but uh, I think that in in like nft projects, especially ones where yield is involved or utilities involved these are like essentially securities or quasi securities. I don't think you gain any advantage the community doesn't gain much advantage and the People that are building don't gain much advantage to having it be doxed because look what happens to Yugo Labs, right? If, If SEC goes after them and does who knows what and causes whatever kind of harm, that can negatively affect the price of the assets on that network. It could negatively affect the price of ApeCoin, which I think it did just because of a hint of the SEC. So all you do is you add regulatory risk, but you don't actually eliminate any of the rug pull risk. Like, this is like, this is just how it is. And I think if with maybe better DAO tooling or better infrastructure in terms of funds management, you could reduce substantially the amount of rug pull risks that um, like might be present in, say, NFT projects or something like that. But yeah, a general warning is anytime an NFT project claims some sort of roadmap, like you should assume zero of that roadmap is going to actually happen when you buy that that Groups NFT like you should not assume because let's say for example I don't know um, let's say the team um, like it gets on an airplane trip to go to you know Colombia for their um, I don't know like CosmoVerse and the plane crashes and everybody dies now what your roadmap goes to zero right so like any type, any type of centralized company you should assume a roadmap is not immutable. Um, and that you that you can rely upon that roadmap to value and or price your nfts or any other project you're talking about. you should assume all centralized projects can go to zero at, at as, as a like default position and you should like if you support those things that's fine it's perfectly fine uh, but you should do so with that understanding without like you don't put your life savings and shit into things that have a centralized team i I think you would probably agree with that j g like 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 Would you recommend people put their life savings into your NFT project? Probably not. Uh,
4: Of course, the skeleton punks put all your money into it right now. All of it right right now, now, right now, and go buy your skeleton punks right now. Financial (laughs) advice. I'm not doxxed, so I'll tell your cars, sell sell your 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 wife, sell your children, all of it. Gotta go. Sell cocaine if you (laughs) have to. (laughs) Everything, of course. But um, no. So we agree with everything that you just laid out, and you know I'm gonna say this here. This is a little bit of a drop. We the Skeleton Punks will be moving into a DAO format very soon. Uh, we believe that this is the only way to stay anonymous and to show the community that we're here to stay,
1: right? So You know it's funny. Is, yeah. You know, it's funny. Um I think who was it that was moving to a DAO format lately? Um it was uh I don't know, it was it was another project I was talking to. And one of the people comes on and says yeah, like moving to moving an NFT project to a DAO is like it's, it's like a slow rug pull because you're taking <laughs> a bunch of developers and you're, you're saying, here, here, community, take this over. And the community is not actually active enough or knows enough to actually execute anything. So essentially. Well, OK,
4: so maybe like a hybrid DAO, because the core <laughs> team will still I mean, we're going to have pillars. Like you said, there's going to be uh, guidelines that will keep the structure of what our mission is in place and then you know there will obviously you know there's going to be weird proposals and weird stuff within the DAO that we will have to combat and so there will be a like core team but we're going to step back and try to let the community really start to take the direction of this
1: yeah i mean well but, but like take take uh skeleton punks as an example like what do you f- reason is the re like, what is the reason for your existence? Is it to sell art? No. Is okay. It, so, no, like, no, no. What, like, so what, like, no. what is the purpose?
4: Okay. I'll tell you. So it, this happened a couple of different ways. So, you know, I'm, I'm I like the DeFi strategy. That's why I'm in crypto. I love NFTs for the community and the and the friends that I made and like the like-mindedness that I've encountered, right? That's what drew me into that. So for me, NFTs are just a representation of a group that you identify with. If you look at the skeleton punks, like I've we've 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 put real utility into this now. So, you know, having a skeleton punk, if you wanna make a trade at NFT switch, like a a P2P trade, you get 50% off the broker's fees that other holders don't get, right? If you want, if you own a skeleton punk and orbital command does uh, the TDX again, you're gonna get 20% off that ticket price if you prove that you're a skeleton punk holder, right? Like we're trying to really put like real utilities into this that we really want. If you're a skeleton punk holder and you wanna mix money at redacted money you get 50% off the mixing fees. So if you want to mix 100 grand, it's 1.5% mixing fee. That's that's $1,500. If you're a skeleton punk holder it's only $750. Right? So all protocols who want to mix money should probably own a skeleton punk, I'm going to be honest, right? Like it pays for itself.
1: Okay, so you're trying to create like uh the 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 NFT functions as like a coupon essentially, right?
4: So I look at our community like I'm going to bat like I'm Medi-Cal getting the best rates for everything. It's for privileges for being a holder, right? Like I'm, 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 this is like my diners club card. It's skeleton yeah, punk is like your diners clubs for all crypto activities. That's how I'm trying to make it.
1: Yeah, sure. No, I, I get it. Like you're, you're, it's, it's, so you're, you're a particular, uh, like group is trying to create a value add for the holder, call it utility, call it whatever you will. It, it's very similar. It's like a membership card or a coupon book, in a sense that y- you're creating reasons to hold this thing. And and presumably, like especially if people are using the platforms um, that you're describing, they're more likely to want to get the NFT and vice versa.
4: Because also, because what really, for the, is into play is that you can also have a floor price. Now you can actually say, you know what, this saves you this much money, so it's worth this much. It's no longer like an arts uh, arbitrary. I like the picture, so it's worth a lot. You're like, you know what? The picture's cool, but it actually has a, a value of this off the rip. We can calculate that.
1: Yeah. On the flip side to that though, the soon as you have a floor price, it also creates a ceiling price too, in a way. Because if you start looking at it from the utility perspective, you're you're not going to spend like 100000 dollars on NFT that gives you only a nominal benefit. It'd be very similar to like, I don't know, a dividend on a stock. So if you look at Apple stock today. I don't know what its dividend is, but it's under a dollar. But let's say the price of the stock, um, the, the dividend is not based on the value of the stock. It's based on the earnings of the company. So if Apple's price goes to $80, the dividend proportionally is much higher. And the you're not only buying the stock cheaper, but you're getting a relatively high yield off of it that you're buying at a lower price. And when the price of the stock goes up, the dividend doesn't necessarily it goes down proportionally, but you you as the original buyer are getting a high dividend. So the utility um, creates sort of like a ceiling price. And that's the thing about NFT projects. If, if it's an art based scheme, um, you almost don't want to have utility because you don't want to have these metrics that like weigh things down. Like, for example, if you were to say, well, what's the utility of a Mona Lisa? Well, Mona Lisa can get me like, you know, a, a lesser price at McDonald's for a cheeseburger or something, then like it, it doesn't make sense to buy the Mona Lisa to get a cheeseburger coupon. Right. It just, its just way overvalued for the, the theoretical utility. So yeah, I think if, but at the same time, if so utility systems, you'd have to continue to create greater and greater utility over time. Otherwise th- it creates like um, you're not raising your ceiling price of NFT. I think that's the way. So-
4: then I under I fully understand and agree with you. And I once again, I invite you to come to the Oral Command thing on Saturday because I think this will uh, address what you've just brought up.
1: Yeah, and by the way, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this. I don't think uh, you have to necessarily have to have an NFT project whose primary goal is like the price to go to infinity or whatever, right? Like that's... I, we don't, I don't want to think... become
4: unattainable. We want people to be able to continue to join us. I think that's also something that's really important. I don't want to see a skeleton punk. I don't want to right. see the floor price be above a thousand dollars. That'd be crazy. Like I want people to
1: be able to still get in. Yeah, this is the problem that you see in uh, video games, right? This is this this is the problem you see in um, in uh, multiplayer online games. If you, what ends up happening is, is with each expansion, I don't know if you've played like much. If you played like World of Warcraft or EverQuest and shit like that, yeah. Like one thing you'll notice is that with each expansion, they come up with a whole bunch of new items that completely obliterate the value proposition of the previous items, because otherwise no one's going to play the new fucking dragons or whatever. They're not going to go and do the new battles because it's not like it's unattainable because if you, if the old equipment is the only thing that you can use to beat the new stuff and you have to progress through all the old material, then the people that are playing the new expansions can't find enough new users. First of all, because some users will leave with each like, expansion and then you can't find new friends because they have to go through all the old shit just to get geared up to play it with you. And the flip side of that is like um if the new new equipment doesn't make the old equipment obsolete through inflation, why would you even go by the go and play the new new equipment for some only minor incremental difference in stats or something. So yeah, the the how do you bring in new users as the price of your NFT goes up is a is a really Sort of like consistent and serious question that I think most NFT projects so probably face at one I think level we're or the other. Start, yeah?
4: uh, implementing a intentional FUD to drop the price a little bit and then have good news and then do some intentional FUD of our own project and then bring it back up. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, threaten a rug pull or something and then make the price go down on purpose. <laughs> That's the good thing about being uh, like uh, undocked. You can do whatever the fuck you want, right? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see, I guess. But we
4: we really do take it super serious. I know we're joking, but like, because of what happened to us, we are so serious about people being, you know, upfront and decent in this space that if we catch anybody doing anything foul, our whole group will mark them out in public. Like we will literally make a spectacle out of them if we find them.
1: You're like a little, like uh, a lynching party then.
4: (laughs) I swear, we were were so (laughs) pissed. It really, it really hurt. Hey, they stole $350,000 from us, you know, like, and charity angels. So to us, this was personal, you know, And, and we feel that anybody stealing in this space, you are a scumbag if you're doing that, you know, like, I could almost respect somebody if they came up to me and stuck a gun in my face and took my money like to my face. But like, this is like cat burglar shit. It's like coward shit. And it's just not the way to go. The guy that did it still kind of roaming around on Twitter with the same handle and everything,
1: which I yeah, so it's didn't.
4: really difficult. He's in he's in he's in Sweden, and you know I'm in LA, and I've looked into prosecuting somebody in Sweden. It's it's very difficult to prosecute somebody internationally. We actually do have a, 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 a one of our members who is in country, and I'm trying like like we're gonna have a mint on Halloween, so the skeleton punks are gonna have like a real treasury come November first. And that dude better be aware because
1: we are not done with him. I'm dead serious. That's funny. But, I, but you saw my tweet, right? Decentralized finance equals decentralized culpability, right? <laughs> like, like the reality is it's really hard to do anything against anybody globally, which is why I think like uh, – tre- like, um, uh, I think what it is, is when a group of people get together and they say, hey, we we enjoy each other's company. We want to, we think we have a cool vision that's similar. We want to all build an NFT project, right? Every It's all like, um, it's all fun and games until something bad happens. And I think in business, you know, there's a whole like laundry list of contract law. And I don't know, like you, you when you form a company, you have this, all these rules you got to create. And to form like an LLC or something like that. And there's an entire legal infrastructure in case some of the people in the group don't um, like, you know, do their fiduciary duty or maybe they represent the, the company poorly and there has to be a way to kick them out and all that kind of shit, right? But when it comes to simple things like NFT projects, I think the reality is most people don't drop any kind of like complicated series of documents that clarify who owns what, What money is whose and why and everything else. Imagine even if you show up in front of a court, right? You have to say, "Oh, well, this guy did this," and he'll say, "Well, this was my money," and (laughs) you'll say, "No, it's mine," or whatever. It'll just be just a clusterfuck because there's no actual like, uh, there's no cohesive paper trail that identifies uh, who is the owner, whose money is what, or anything else, and it creates a um, it just creates a, a legal clusterfuck either way. Which means that like it's harder for you to find a lawyer. Uh, because you'll have to pay that lawyer more money because the lawyer only wants to play if he can win. And if a lawyer can't win, they don't want to take your case. And, or they're going to charge you a shit ton of money to take the case. Cause they're like, ah, these guys are idiots. They're not going to be able to win this. Cause like it's in who knows where in Sweden or whatever. And there, there's going to be a tendency for the legal costs to just skyrocket as a result. And then you're going to be like, well, why the fuck do you want to waste this time doing this? Does this actually make sense? Um, And it goes in circles. So I think, yeah, projects, I think um, uh, you really have to look at treasury management really, really early. And this is where I think DowDow and some of the tools they're building on Juno are going to help lots of different projects. If you haven't used DowDow, if you're an NFT project, whatever, um, I would definitely look into them, especially come this next month or so. I think DowDow 2.0 is going to be released. And there's going to be a whole lot of interesting tools that allow you to essentially form uh, an on-chain company. And um, the beauty of that is, like, even if you don't use them, you should understand, like, why, they have the, or why they're building the tools they're building and what it is about the architecture that they're building that you can learn from. Because um, it'd be no different than if you were going to form, like, a new company and you took a template boilerplate, like, LLC document um a, you know a limited liability corporation document and you look at what a, a standard one looks like and you looked at like maybe the founding documents of four or five companies before you um before you started a company it'd be no different than that if you've never been in business before if you've never been in nfts you've never formed a crypto coin or project or something like that um, it's easy to make a ton of mistakes and people like dowdow Um, they have probably been speaking with tons and tons of different protocols and NFT projects and have dealt with all sorts of clusterfucks, right? Because as a group of NFT projects, people that have faced rug pulls, people that have faced, um, I don't know, whatever the hell, you know, minting problems and all these kinds of things that you think about, like, ultimately, there's going to be like, a right way to do this. And that right way could probably be codified into a fairly simple to use application to build. Um, a governance system, a treasury, and everything else, and I think that's basically what DowDow Dow is trying to do. I think they they're going to be working with Neutron, I believe, so that you can do a mixture of treasury management with liquid staked assets, and have it connected to your Dow tooling, so that voting and whatnot like impacts what happens to wallets and things of that nature. But it's all within the Cosmos; it's all IBC, such that um, it's easy. It's it's harder for like one individual to like abscond with your your money, because um, yeah, th- there's a much more cohesive scheme. And it's a scheme that maybe has um, more ways to solve the problem than just simply a multi-sig. Because a multi-sig, again, if something happens to a certain fraction of the users for some reason, just accident or whatever, Someone gets JG here gets cancer or some shit and, you know, kicks the bucket and or, or, he, or gets hit by a bus. Right. And then it's like, oh, shit, the Treasury is like locked up because we don't have enough voters or maybe like two people vote one way and the other person, the other two don't want to vote. And now you have a standstill because you no longer have a quorum or some bullshit because JG decides to you know drink too much and uh, like crashes his car into a wall next week or whatever he does, um, <laughs> you know. I'm wishing ill will on you here. Some for some reason. Um, hey,
4: you know what? I don't go outside. I literally do crypto like 20 hours a day. Like I, I, we have so much happening that I don't have a life
1: at all. I have no life. So like a, a meteor comes and hits your house. Then um, all right, that you, works. You, 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 we've got to come up with some way for you to die in order to uh, like make my point, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, but Dow, Dow, um, DAO, D A O, D A O. Um, they actually have an interface that you can get to it on the Kepler wallet too, by the way. If you guys have Kepler, go to the very bottom, You has a little globe symbol. Um, if you have the latest, uh, like updated version of Kepler, which you should by now, probably if you have Kepler, DAO Dow shows up in there. You can see a little bit about what it does. You go in there, you make a name for your new DAO. You 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 know you can put a little picture on there, You know just sort of like to identify who you are. And then you can kind of work from there to build something. Um, it's probably worthwhile just playing with it a little bit um uh just to understand what it does but uh it's it's a really good thing that somebody's working on this in the cosmos because ultimately the ability to build new nft projects new coin projects whatever um new defi platforms uh and to be able to create a a quick government essentially with all of the um best what's best practices baked into a system where you don't have to be a fucking government governance expert to start an NFT platform would be really, really positive for cosmos in general. So, uh, Dow, is like super in my mind, what they're doing is super bullish for the cosmos at large, because it means that it's going to be a lot easier for new projects to form, which, um, which, which attracts more and more people, right? The more, the more NFT projects you have, the more people that are shilling on YouTube, the more people that are talking about the various platforms or layer ones on um, Twitter or whatever. Um, but right now, like for a lot of people, they don't even know where to start. They're like, wait, I want to start an NFT project. What do I need to do here? Um, you know, how do I set this up and everything? And some NFT projects share that information uh, or some governance, like, tools and tricks are shared or maybe there's medium articles, but to be able to go in there and just click a button and form a DAO uh, is super powerful for anybody that's new to this. So that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Like, and DAO DAO is one of those things that it it doesn't really matter. I I think ultimately it won't matter which chain you're on. Uh, You'll be able to manage multi-chain Cosmos assets via governance. So that if like, let's say, you know, everybody wants to send the vote on sending X amount of Kuji token to some wallet. And if the community vote goes through, then that those funds will be sent to that wallet. Uh, these are the kinds of things that you can create through a system like this. And they don't have to necessarily be a wallet on your own chain. Like it could be, I'm going to send it to the Juno chain or something or wherever. Um, that's going to be the neat thing about like cross-chain governance, cross-chain IBC assets. Um, yeah, really cool stuff. Anything to add to that, JG? Have you guys looked at that much?
4: Uh, no, we haven't done that too much yet, but I did just send you something on Telegram, which you should, uh, look at when you can.
1: (laughs) So backbone labs, what do they do?
4: Ooh, don't say that too loud. That's just for you. Top secret.
1: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Okay, I didn't say that. No idea what it is.
4: (laughs) It's all right. Don't worry about it. We're going to celebrate on Saturday anyway.
1: (laughs) Okay, all right. Um. Anyway, Uh. yeah, sorry about that. I thought it was something that was already out. (laughs) It's it's all good. It's all good. (laughs) It's just a name for now, so I suppose it's cool. Yeah. Funny. It kind of goes with the Skeleton Punk's ethos, though.
4: Well, (laughs) our (laughs) thing is that, you know, the backbone is, the framework and we have a plan to set the framework moving forward and this is what we are going to unroll on saturday and hopefully uh it will gain enough momentum and uh the people will agree with this vision um i mean everybody that i've shared it with all these partners that have come on board to the skeleton punk i've like shared this idea of like what i think could happen and they're all like yo you know what we, we have nothing better to try. Let's do it. Right. Like, and it's a good idea. It's simple. It's strong. Like I've asked everybody to try to pick it apart. And so far, like nobody's actually said anything bad about it. So on Saturday,
1: we will yeah. release what you see you right get, now in front of you. You guys need like, uh, after that, you need like a skull protocol, a femur protocol, uh, <laughs> yeah. some things that like <laughs> bone related, uh, subjects. Yeah,
4: right that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're going to start, we're gonna start having fun again. That's what we have to do. Crypto supposed to be fun.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you're, you guys are announcing some of what you're doing on Saturday?
4: Yeah. So we're going to have an AMA, like I keep saying, on Saturday with Orbital Command. We are going to announce what I just sent you. And uh, on we hope the following Saturday that we can actually bring it live. It's pretty nuts.
1: Sweet. Uh, you know, I forgot to ask uh, for DPEG Nation over there, um, like, what does. What's DPEG Nation all about? Is it like just an NFT collection? Is it a game? Like, what is it exactly?
3: Yeah, so basically it's just the mission that, I actually said that in a uh, space before, but it's like a scar that it reminds you basically that you went you through fire and you got out stronger. So that's the mission. That's It's just a way to remind everyone that uh, there are brighter there's ahead. And uh, in, as we while we build in utility, uh, we're building Web3 integrated games and um, we're gonna release our dust tokens soon. Basically right now we're minting chests and weapons. So our assets are ill bearing and um, all of the fees that come from the games are actually given back to the whole, to the, our holders, And also we're doing a gamified idea with the chests, So maybe, uh, this has been done before in the space, but we're trying, to, we're trying to make a hybrid out of it. So what happens is that if you mint a chest, we've built a smart contract that lets you open the chest and you get distributed dust, which is our token. So it's basically a gamified idea, but we didn't want to work with launch pads. We just wanted to do it through NFTs. And right now we're building a game. So we have rock, paper, scissors. We already have battleships, if you know the game. And uh, we're looking to add a uh, Rumble Royale. So if you know the that game on Discord, basically uh, there are a lot of people playing and the winner takes it all. So, yeah. And also we've built a new game right now. It's gonna be out soon. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not much. It's like just tic-tac-toe, but uh, it's there, you know? The idea is that we've already built a foundation and we can add games on top of this this foundation and it can work on any
1: any discord servers so that's why we find it really scalable dust okay now i get it like i I was just thinking what you're talking about but yeah like the the idea that like ust became dust that's very funny i like that you you (laughs) know one of the things that i I didn't notice that
4: (laughs) with deep is that deep has these games which allows other Mm -hmm. nft projects to utilize for engagement like a lot of times you know to get whitelist you have to grind and it's all about like how much chatting you do like nobody wants to be there chatting forever but with these games you can hold tournaments you can do a lot of things and you can give away the whitelist and it doesn't keep you trapped you know in a discord server like trying to grind away for a whitelist like people can actually have fun engage yeah and they can earn games
1: for games for whitelisting is sort of like captcha almost you're you're trying to prevent botting and um like whitelist uh well, yeah, basically whitelist botting by creating a, a gamified system that you have to go through some hoops in order to get whitelisted for mints and stuff. So I get what, exactly. they, yeah, I exactly. get how it works. Yeah. yeah actually, That's the cool.
3: grinding for whitelist meta is kind of over, you know, like a bit uh, since the use thing. So there are a lot of new ways to add whitelist, you know, but mostly it has to, they have to be given to the community that engages the most, you know, and the most loyal part of people of the community. And, um, yeah, that's what, that's some added value that we want to bring there, you know, but, uh, just to, to say a little bit on, on what you just said as well. So actually we are really looking to work together with all the communities right now on Terra because as in what's happening right now in the NFT space in Terra, everyone is building something different and unique. And when everyone will get this going, and when also uh, Skeleton Punks will get there uh, on Saturday, will reveal their plans. Like, I'm sure that people will see the real value in NFTs, Yeah, I think
1: I think it's useful too. To ultimately, if uh, if Luna Classic gets IBC connected, um, I, I think there are some I think there's some fun narratives that involve like. Um, like more of a multi-chain concept. Like nobody ever wants to hear that shit. They're like, oh, only pump my bags or whatever. But like I think there's a there's some interesting like parallels when you when you once you've created like a game system, um, the ability to accept more than one style of coin uh, to bring in liquidity to that makes absolute sense for individual NFT projects. And um like yeah the entire DPEG nation like concept makes sense because it's actually USTC is stuck on you know, on, on uh, Terra V1 or in Luna Classic. And um, so that that narrative to where like you reduce Luna, I'm um, sorry, the USTC supply and how to reduce it is an active conversation in that community um, in order to sort of like repeg peg USTC in theory. Um, so yeah, like playing on that narrative and creating like uh, Terra V2 NFT projects that collaborate to help that happen somehow um even if it's just a meme i think there's a role for that like i think there's there's a consumer base there that's pretty rabid and would be very interested in um in participating and stuff like that
3: yeah totally uh we didn't really explore the long, uh narrative because we're only focusing on Terra 2.0 right now, but I totally agree with what you what you mean. There's a whole market there. Let's let's call it. And um, somehow getting these all these dreams, you know, uh, real, it's important for for the people. And I, I totally understand. And I see. Well, I, I, well, I see the way question. to look
1: at it, a way to think of it, is this: like once Luna Classic is um, IBC compatible uh, again, which is being worked on. Then what will happen next is the Terra Station team will make, figure out how to make it easy to spend Luna Classic or Luna for anything that you want in either system. So it's going to be like whoever creates, I think, the cross-chain narrative and does a good job of that. Um, like some of you guys who have been through sort of like DPEG catastrophes, um, you have like already a theme of getting like wrecked. There's like, you know, skeleton, there's the galactic punks and there's a the skeleton Punks. You got deep Nation. Like the theme is already based on the suffering of the network in a sense, right? I think these are the type of projects that would have probably the greatest, um, you know, like entertainment narrative around connecting the two communities. And I think once IBC is reconnected and interchain accounts is normalized, I think it'll be very easy to, um, for Terra Station to, to that point, make it possible for cross-chain liquidity to happen. You can buy whatever the hell you want with whatever token you feel like using, which I think is really, really cool. But yeah, it's-, it's uh, I agree,
4: be- I agree with and
1: that 100%. <clears throat> Not to mention, like, it's gonna be fairly easy for people with various tokens like Atom to be able to buy things off Stargaze, Juno. It's gonna be easy to buy things off of um, Luna. It's actually Luna Classic that has not upgraded yet to, um, it hasn't, like, IBC is not fully reenabled. enabled um, Connections to osmosis aren't enabled. They have some work to do, and they're trying to figure out how to do it. But, but was uh, Luna, Luna, B, Luna B2, ever fully IBC integrated? I don't think it was, was it? Wasn't that like uh, part of the problem? Well, I mean, you, could, you, could, you had IBC connectivity because you, you were able to have, remember, the big UST osmo pool, right? Yeah. So you had that connection and I, and osmosis is the one that like disconnected, um, uh, from it because of the, um, I don't know, liquidity flight issues and the effect on the Osmo. (laughs) Really? It was, it was the Osmo getting wrecked that, that really bothered them, (laughs) like, you know, obviously. So as being tied to that, right. Of course. Of course it caused like this massive cell pressure on Osmo because of that, that huge LP that was tied together. But yeah, I think uh, w- once these things get reconnected, the, the cross-chain narrative will be much more clear cut because obviously you have users now who are on Terra who are now using Kepler, who are using Juno, who are using um, uh, Stargaze now, I think to some extent or the other. You have um, people on like the meme chain like you know Huawei um, who are sort of like, they, they put a NFT collection on stargaze. You have the, the, um, the raccoons who put their like initial NFT collection on, um, on secret network, but then their, their actual casino type of thing is actually on the, Juno network, which is kind of interesting because that means that your NFT that earns the yield is private, which means they can essentially not they can essentially avoid securities laws or whatever, um, which is perfect. Like so they did a good job in like it, it but it's a pain in the ass to get between these different uh chains though. That's the problem. But it actually makes sense to actually have an NFT project that's sec- it's a security and actually release it on secret. It makes actually perfect sense. So that it it took me a, a bit to get to like buy the you know get to the right place get to the stupid marketplace get some secret tokens on there buy the the actual nft and then kind of whatever i don't know it, it it's weird but like eventually the 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 difficulties of jumping between cosmos chains going to like really um that's going to improve a lot i believe over the next year or so with uh, like a broader implementation some of these uh like cross-chain accounts features. So that should be pretty cool. Um, But yeah, NFT projects for like, there's almost no reason not to want liquidity from other chains um, at some level. Like it makes sense. Anyway. um, Any other comments? Anyone else want to hop up, hang out, whatever, (laughs) just talking nonsense for the most part. Um, I was thinking maybe, uh, I think Eris protocol was here earlier. I didn't know if, uh, they were kind of busy. SE Furies here and different. They're 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 uh, on Juno now for Fan Fury. Um, and... I'm so
4: bummed. Me and my friend we bought the Padres team and we did we missed the migration. I think we lost our club.
1: <laughs> oh you for oh the the
4: the for the organizations you could buy oh, sports okay. franchises uh, with Fan Fury and uh, my buddy bought the San Diego Padres. I don't know why, but. We missed the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the problem on Twitter and stuff. It's easy to miss these things unless you're really, really paying attention. I think um, it's just so much. In all shit fairness, going.
4: though, in all fairness, the wreckage scattered. So, so many of us, like, uh, you know, I'm just happy to see that they're doing okay, regardless of you know whatever a couple hundred dollars that was. It's irrelevant, really. You know, just to see that they're they pivoted because we will probably still participate. We thought it was a fun project, and it's uh, we'd like to see that. We like to see projects uh survive you know to us that's we love that
1: oh, hey nimrod what's up
5: man hey man thanks for having me thanks for letting me speak um uh, not too much i uh, just wanted to maybe address uh the issue of the fan clubs. so fan clubs are going to continue to stay open like um the original 90 that were claimed on terror um people will still be able to come um verify their addresses and um you know, continue to keep their claim on the fan clubs that have already been claimed. Um, that's going to remain open um, till mainnet and beyond as well. So, um, anyone who's missed it, not really missed it. Um, all you need to do is just come in and do the verification, and then um, that'll happen. Um, we'll do it in batches, basically.
1: Fantastic! Thank you so cool. much. There you go. Absolutely. So easy enough. Cool. Yeah. The um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see kind of what you guys are uh able to accomplish on Juno and everything. Um are are you guys doing anything that's uh do you see like a use for the interchain accounts like cross chain utility sort of features that are coming? Like do you plan to
5: try to find customers on more than one chain in the future? Like what, what is your vision for Fury? No. Absolutely, that's, uh, that's the vision. Uh, I, I think that Juno is, um, it's it's not viable for us to be able to scale on Juno, we'd have the same issues we have on Terra. Um, so the idea is to move to our own chain, and that will happen, um, probably sooner rather than later. Um, I think like for multiple different reasons, uh, scalability and fees being the, the big two, um, but um, I think this is going to be a lot easier for us because of the fan clubs themselves. Um, Each one of these fan clubs is uh, basically a store of, uh, you know, a a, a boatload of fury um, sitting in these, um, you know, segregated uh, pools. So the plan is uh, to convert these fan clubs into validators when we do move to our own network. So considering we've already sold 90, we've got 70 already um, in action right now. Um, The idea would be-
1: Your thought is to somehow make
5: yeah. The yeah. fan clubs yeah. assigned
1: to individual validators somehow.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So the idea would be that all the fury that's locked in these fan clubs, um, essentially, um, the fan clubs become validators themselves. And those fury um, that's locked in there, it's essentially staked fury. Right? That's uh, that's what you're doing with validation, right? They're like, they're well, but
1: but obviously, you'd have to have like someone who's a professional validator, though, right? It's not going to yeah. be...
5: So uh, managed services, uh, there are multiple partners like Block Team that we could work with um, that offer like um, sort of uh, managed hosting um, where it's still um, non-custodial, um, but the hosting is essentially managed by them, and the technical sort of details are managed by them, and then um, the fan club owner just goes about his business with his fan club.
1: Mm, interesting. So, um, so you would think of doing this on like a uh, like a cosmos. Yes, consumer chain, or would you do it on a fully um, a full like a
5: full brand new chain? I think it'll be a full, full brand new chain. Um, we'll announce. I think. <laughs> probably sooner rather than later. Um, But yeah, it it, it will be its own chain, um, which is why, um, you know, having these 250 fan clubs is uh, tremendous for us because of the fact that we can very easily, um, you know, market them as um, validators if and when we need to. Um, But the idea is still to keep the focus on um, sports fans, but um, also talk to guys like partners, like Block that can offer us managed hosting um, for, you know, people that are not as technically adept.
1: Because the, the whole the whole ethos of fan FanFury basically is to have a system where the fan club owner uh, gets a benefit by yeah. being an owner and ultimately benefits from sort of like almost becomes an affiliate advertiser for that partic- for your platform because they're getting a benefit from like more people joining their fan club
5: yeah it's going to be more than that i think um the the plan eventually once we do move to our own network is to set them up as DAOs. um so then they have their own treasuries they have their own little ecosystems that they can build around and um the idea would be then to leverage um staked fury um, auto compounded fury as um you know, um, some sort of a leveraged CDP position for each one of these DAOs. That's like 250 DAOs that have a lot of fury staked in them. Um, and the DAO can take a decision to do things as a, you know, as a community or as um, individuals as well. Um, and that can be enabled, um, I, I think, on our chain much, 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 much easier.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I think the m- m- many of the chains, like whether it's Terra2, Juno, whatever, like individually, um, you know, especially like in bear market times, there's so much, so little traffic, relatively speaking. Um, So yeah, these kind of like app chain versus like uh, cross chain uh, strategies within the cosmos provide a whole lot of um, network effects,
5: ultimately. And it should be pretty cool over the next several years. It will. And I think that uh, a lot of this will come from the fact that like, um, you know, it's sort of the way that we look at it, right? Like it needs to become like the internet invisible. Um, So you don't really know that you're, you know, connecting an app, let's say. Um, And that's the same way we need to look at this is that the users don't need to know that it's blockchain. They don't need to even think about that. What they need to really focus on is just the gameplay aspect of things. But um, the bigger play here is. Uh, you know with the with the platforms themselves guys like DraftKings and um you know these guys are going to want to move to the blockchain they're um trying to right now but they've got to build out custom solutions and the idea would be that the app chain offers them this you know plug and play module based system that they can very easily spin up um which has really low fees it's got huge transaction times um you know we can really really uh define out the chain um to really be specific for, um, the use case that gambling or, uh, you know, sports betting or, uh, fantasy sports, um, requires, um, the fact that fan Fury does not itself do sports betting does not mean that the chain, um, can't be built, um, you know, or to be optimized, uh, you know, for a sports betting chain.
1: Oh, cool. So you're thinking like that could be a future Avenue. Uh, no,
5: everybody. it's definitely going to be, yeah, it's definitely going to be an Avenue. I mean, um, like right now, guys are building on polygon they're building on other solutions but i know it's um it's it, it takes a long time like they've got time frames of two years um you know so ideally if they've got a framework within which to build um they can spin up their chain in, let's say under four weeks for example um that gives them a huge benefit when it comes to cost but um, also when it comes to like go to market and um the the benefit of not having to rely on their own infrastructure Cool. So you like you build the tools, and they you
1: bring people yep. that want to bring the capital to come play. Yeah, pretty much.
5: And uh, the idea is that, like, you want to be the guy selling shovels, not the guy going digging for gold. Um, And there's enough of guys going digging for gold. Like, the market is huge. So um, there are people who are going to be looking for, like, solutions like this that they can very easily, um, you know, uh, plug into. Um, And and this doesn't just go to the big guys. This is, like, companies who use, let's say, fantasy sports models to um, incentivize their uh, reward programs. Um, Guys like Microsoft who do it with their, um, uh, you know, their... um, Uh, vendor-based reward programs so um the opportunities for people to use the chain for these kind of things is like huge um if you know where to look sweet
1: yeah um i think i was gonna try to break soon by the way guys just to kind of go handle some phone calls and stuff we've been on for the afternoon it's been fun uh yeah thanks for for the update it's cool yeah We'll it's always fun,
4: Sefi. I'm going to tell you these are the things that we miss. At least I can speak for myself. It's these times, you know, in the, in the week when we're starting to like deep dive into some other stuff, because this is where, how the regular guy is going to get ahead, right? Like in today's world, we need a level playing field. And, and this is where we come to learn about it. So the more we do this, the more engagement we have, the more people will come back and the builders will stay and things will get back on track. I really believe that
1: yeah it was fun in particular when the builders would come hang out because then like they'd hear the different ideas they'd hear what the customers want and they would uh like if not actually implement at least take some mental notes maybe have some ideas and uh you know how these things they just sort of percolate and then they sort of end up in systems um but yeah that was what was like that was the most uh, heartbreaking part of like the ust crash was that there was so much cool shit just about to happen for hell like like uh fury is a great example of that like I think you guys just released your token like the week or some bullshit right before the crash, which sucks. Yeah. Cause like you had everything all ready to go. And like, it's two like, days yeah, two days, like how, how fucked yeah. up is that? So then, was yeah. our launch. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, like really, really bad luck. And it's, um, like, yeah, they, we had so many different things that were just about to emerge and, um, a lot of very cool, like, um, I remember like Sigma protocol and Nebula and a few other things that were just getting started, which looked like a lot of fun. Um, and, and actually useful, like things that, uh, you would, you would use for like trading platforms, things like that. And to make money, um, that, that were built on a, on a framework that, um, that didn't work without UST. And so then everyone had to sort of like start over and figure out something new, especially cause we didn't have like, uh, a serious amount of liquidity and other stable coins on Terra that actually was sort of like the mega Achilles heel and made everything not function. So it's uh, we're I'm, I'm sure we'll get there. So we'll have fun. We'll have fun again. The good times will return, I'm sure. It's just a matter of time. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Bye, we'll catch up a little bit later. I've got to hop on some phone calls and take care of a few things. I'll catch up with you guys later. All right. Later, guys.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a Chepe Space discussing some Luna Terra V2 project updates with the gang. Recorded on Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastard To be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked Feels like I've been getting my masters Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive Raise up the bar before I fly right past it I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket Oh man, shit, put the lotion on its skin Then put that shit back in the damn basket Like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes And take the rest and turn them into free Upgrade the feeling, supply the free base looking all professional. Tools in the briefcase running on empty from gassing up my teammates first one down, let me know how that sleep tastes. Now the lotion
1: in the basketball <gasps>
0: and impossible. Defending the plausible from ending demonstrable. The mission isn't even worried about the clearance. Running interference till our enemies fear us. We're only one disappearance away from a bad day. Everybody trying to save face on the last day. Feeling fancy. About to pull out the masse. Drop the eight ball in passing. That's so passe. I'm getting nasty. You cannot put it past me. A mix between blasphemy and talk everlasting. Feeling like a masterpiece. Looking like a tragedy. Trying to get through another day full of savagery. Getting headstrong from working I'm in the mess hall all hands on deck waiting for our next haul I need the rest got big plans to eject so feed the grass and keep off the clean I am interested in magic because I am fascinated
4: with psychology I love to learn about how people make influences how they draw conclusions. Find patterns and information, and in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong. Uh, how an individual can be led astray, from certain cognitive vulnerabilities are exploited.
0: Channel spaces.